Welcome to the worst roller coaster podcast on the internet. Now, let's join Ben and Zach as they tell you why your favorite coaster sucks. I'm Zach, and I just did a shot of Purell. I'm Ben, and I now have immunity. I'm Hyde, and I approve this message. Holy shit, what's going on? We got fucking Hyde from In The Loop in the house. How's it going, what, man? What's up? What's up? Yeah, uh, in the house. I'm not going to be my, uh, telling you before we start. Not in this house much longer. Uh, the wife has already left, uh, and we are moving out in like two days. So, yeah, got nothing better to do than record with you guys. I, you asked me to come on here. I had no valid excuse not to. Awesome. It's a moving out party. Hell yeah. It's like the opposite of a housewarming. Yeah, except that no one's here except myself. And no one's legally allowed to be here except myself. So, you know. Well, then you're still you're still legally allowed to change residences in this time, right? Like, I, I believe so. Um, Orange County just I think actually it starts in a couple hours. It goes on. uh, What do you call it? Uh, Stay at home nonsense. Shelter in place. Shelter in place, which fun fact, I don't know if you know this, shelter in place in California, you're still allowed to go play golf. So uh, fun fact for the day. But um, my moving company tells me that moving company is still considered essential business. Um, That is why my wife has already left. Uh, She left over the weekend because she was too nervous to drive if we were at a shelter in place. I really don't give a fuck if a cop wants to pull me over. I'll be like, Listen, I don't have a house. I'm driving to where I can live. Deal with it. So, just just start coughing a bunch. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sir, you could go, go, go. I'm I'm leaving the state, cop. Okay, go to Georgia. Get out of Florida. We don't want you. Yeah, I mean, for the most part, it seems to be as long as you're not trying to throw like a beach party yeah. or anything like you're fine. Well, they even interviewed the sheriff here because it's a big news, like literally right now that they like 10 minutes before we started recording, they announced the shelter in place to begin tonight in in town here. And the sheriff's like, yeah, we're not going to arrest anyone. Like, that's a waste of our time that puts our cops in danger. Like, just be smart, (laughs) you know? Yeah, I think it's really meant more for in general, but... If they have to enforce, I'm sure they'll enforce. But cops aren't going to want to waste their time on like, what were they doing? Well, they were out. <laughs> well, the conspiracy theorists are already going up like some pretty crazy shit already. So martial law incoming. I love when people call it martial law and they spell it like Marshall, like the guitar amp. It's like the, the <laughs> senator, the senator in Florida said that the other day. He's like martial law, and everyone's like, uh, "You moron!" It's martial, like martial arts. You idiot. A lot of like my crazy Trump supporting like friends from back home are are all about that. They've been spelling it incorrectly, and they've been like sharing memes that are factually incorrect so it's just really amusing and sad (laughs) well what else are you going to do when there's no theme parks open you know fun spot officially closed i think yesterday night so oh shit they're the last one yeah yeah oh well hung on for a a little bit of time 
but fun spot closed yesterday or was yesterday monday your sunday night or monday night one of those nights i i don't think at this point there's any operating coasters in the u.s probably not i mean unless uh what's the dude in uh indiana no, I thought he he was saying he was removing them. I don't know if those uh, have been removed now. Yeah, he oh. had already stopped operating those. Oh, okay. But uh, I'm going to oh, go the, ahead. You know what? That's right. I'm going to go ahead and say it. Bye, bye, Miss American Pie. Drove my Chevy to the levee, but the levee was dry. And so on and so forth. Well, there was that. Remember those videos? It's like this uh, this dad who built a roller oh, coaster yeah. in his backyard yeah, yeah. for his kids. He he's probably giving lots of rides right now on that. Oh shit! Probably, yeah, kids are probably bored out of their mind. He's like, it's closed for maintenance. <laughs> An annual refurbishment. <laughs> it was pre-scheduled, I swear. Yeah, that's that's all I can really think of because Mount Olympus, even they ended up closing too. And... Due in part to us. <laughs> I'll take credit. <laughs> that was pretty funny. I did see that. You guys got uh, art, your arch enemy is uh, Mount Olympus. The drunk riders' arch enemy is Kings Island. The arch enemy of in the loop is uh, Bush Gardens, Williamsburg, or Cedar Point. Like you're you're not a f- welcome to the official theme park podcasting family. You haven't you haven't been officially welcomed into the family until you piss off a park. Well, good because fuck Mount Olympus. <laughs> yeah, I'll say some. I'll say it too. Fuck them. No, seriously, like I, I, I hate that owner. I hate, I hate that family. Like they're the biggest pieces of shit, and they've like neglected that park and the safety of guests and employees for so long. I cannot believe they are still in business. Oh, it, it blew my mind when I went there. I've only been there once, but it blew my mind at how how crazy the park was and how you could just like literally stick your hand out and touch the track as the coaster is going by or the the kid coaster, you know, doesn't have like rails around it or whatever. But, um, and plus, yeah, I mean, they're totally shady business folks. The, the, what they, how they go around town buying up all the old motels and then like converting to Mount Olympus and basically sniffing out the competition. I mean, Oh yeah. Creating like no, a monopoly like they- on the whole city. And then oh, they, yeah, jack no. up, they, they jack up the prices or they lower, excuse me, they, they lower the prices so much to drive the, uh, the other places out of business and they snatch them up. Yeah, that's exactly what they've done. They've, they've killed so many like small businesses in that town. Um, and like everyone in the town hates them. Like they, I, I, they are they're... very hated people. <laughs> I, when I, when I went there, um, we booked like the Mount Olympus hotel or whatever. And we went and checked in, we checked in at like the main thing right by the indoor water park. And they're like, okay, your room's three miles up the road. And probably not but like a mile and here. And like, it was just some random dumpy ass motel. Uh, yeah. And when we went in, they didn't even bother to change. Like you walk in the name on the back of the door on the telephone was still whatever, like, you know, the seven seas in or what, whatever the damn thing was called. Like they didn't even bother to change it. We're like, wait a minute. We booked at Mount Olympus, not this, motel down the road what kind of shit is this yeah and the like the best way i could describe the park i mean even back in 2005 it's probably the closest thing you could get to action park in the 80s when it that was in its heyday in <laughs> jersey like seriously like of modern theme parks that's the closest you are gonna get get to like action park it's like the millennial action park <laughs> <laughs> That's that's the name of an album right there. Millennial Action Park. Yeah. Yep. 
called it. But I mean, like, did. especially like, especially in like, I remember going there in like 2002. Or I think it was, it was like early 2000s, a few years before Hades opened. And they were like, they would let you ride Zeus with the lap bar completely up. <laughs> like they didn't even check it. <laughs> Well, I mean, there's a and there's a certain park in Indiana that used to do that, and uh, um, then someone died, and they changed their policy on that. You know, a lot of people forget about that whole situation. Oh yeah, what we're forgetting about is that, hey, at Mount Olympus, nobody died that you know about. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's true. Like every time you're at that park, you'll see at least five or six ambulance ambulance. <laughs> Am, I can't even. I almost Amber said Amber. I almost said Amber Lambs because I was thinking about that video. <laughs> Amber um, Lambs. Yeah, like I almost or yeah. Every time you go there, you see like five or six, and I know for a fact that a lot of people have drowned at that, at that place too. But that's it's really underreported. So, <laughs> not surprised. But anyways, yeah. Fuck you, Mount Olympus. Yeah, fuck you. You're technically in my home park. Well, I mean, not right now, but you were for so much of my life, and you've just brought me nothing but disappointment, so fuck you. Anyway, um, <laughs> we start off on a high note here. We're shut. I mean, everything is shut down. What else are we going to talk about? Yeah, but also, Mount Olympus, since we're talking about you, uh, you might be listening, so go pick a fight with us again on social media. We'll have some fun while we're all shut down here. We'd enjoy the uh, entertainment. So um, that was the longest way to ever get to. What are you drinking on? Hi, go ahead. What are you? Well, what are you so going back to, I'm leaving here as soon. Um, normally, I'd pour myself a very nice cocktail. Uh, I like, you know, I'm a big fan of bourbon. Make myself like an old fashioned or something. That's what I usually drink during these things. Ooh. But I have, I have. Uh, I, it's one of those points where it's like, okay, all the good booze I have already drank. So now it's like, okay, well, I got a couple couple things of beer left. What do I go with? And it's not bad, but not my favorite. Uh, some Kona Brewing, uh, what is this? Uh, Hanalai uh, Island IPA. Not bad. Not my favorite, but uh, it'll, it'll do. It's all that's really left in my fridge. Like literally the only thing left in my fridge. Oh, but I love Hawaiian beers, man. They're all and it's really the, nice in their own way. Yeah. Well, that's a lot better than what I got. But Ben, go ahead. What What are you sipping on? I'm drinking some uh, Carabiner coffee, medium roast in a French press with Hashtag some hipster. If it was black, it'd be hipster. But I put a bunch of milk in it, so it's it's trashy white people coffee now. <laughs> yeah, that no longer meets coffee snob qualifications, and I'm allowed to talk about that. I was a coffee master from Starbucks, okay? I thought that's a barista. There's there's a special training program that you have to uh, apply for called the Coffee Master Program. Well, shit, aren't special you special? Training. Yeah, I'm very special. You get a black apron and everything. What is, what does it... Are you allowed to use all the machinery then? Or like what's the what are the privileges? No, no, you're just allowed to try and sell people coffee. Oh, uh, okay. They're like, all right, great. You know all about the coffee process. Now go out there and sell some coffee. Okay. But you get to do some demo demos in the store. 
where you get to do hipstery things like make a French press and everybody samples it. Ooh. Yeah. I will say though, when I had a when I was using a pour over, the most like hipster I got was I had a laser like a laser thermometer. So that way I could <laughs> get the exact temperature of the water before I put it. Well, because like otherwise it, it you know changes the flavor. So is it a Chemex? The Chemex, the the pour over. Yeah. Um. Was it a regular pour over, like with a regular paper filter? Or was it Chemex? You know what? This is becoming way too much of a coffee show. All of a sudden. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck this. Fuck yeah. This. Let's talk. Uh, I'm drinking a Coors right now. Yeah. I had a shot of old granddad with classic my lovely girlfriend before we started recording. So getting that quarantine buzz going and keeping it rocking. Yeah. Everybody. Okay. I don't know. I was, yeah, this is only week two of quarantine. We probably got like another eight, well, six weeks left. Uh, hi, uh, who knows? Take it day by day. You know, Trump came out today and said that uh, country's reopening in like a week. So <laughs> who the fuck knows? I want Disneyland back open with no people in it. Uh, what do you mean? Just open Disneyland, but don't let anyone in. That's terrifying. <laughs> yeah, actually, that's way creepier. Yeah, I don't. I don't. Well, like, what if uh, we got to get our? I don't know. Like, what if Guazi opens? They should do a special social distancing ERT event. Yeah, we, we were talking about that on the latest In the Loop uh, that we dropped like yesterday. Uh, like, it's very possible Bush Gardens, when it reopens, it op- reopens with Quasi open. Like, you know, if, uh, if they're still able to, you know, cycle it through, because um, they don't need a construction crew there anymore. They just need like one person to send the train and like the programmer and, very possible they could still be cycling that the whole time. I mean, this I think cool. they were cycling it as far as late last week from what I saw. Or at least, I don't know, people were posting testing videos of it last week. So, Yeah, it seems like probably their strategy is just going to be to have it open when they reopen. They are an essential employee. <laughs> well, it might be it might be RMC. Yeah, probably. You know, because they, if they're, it's, you know, they're a subcontractor, so they can deem themselves as essential staff or, you know, yeah. any level of different subcontractors, the electronics or the electrics people, the, you know, whoever, different yeah. subcontractors, any number of them could decide to just be, you know, yeah, we're essential staff. I wonder how this is going to affect uh, carnival operators. Like, could you imagine the, you know, like taking care of the padding in a Gravitron or a zipper or like, uh, like those fun houses with the ball pits? Every carny is guaranteed to have washed their hands within the past 24 hours. <laughs> and that's a step up from previously where they would wash their hands once every three days. <laughs> yeah. Like you'd, they'd wash their hands on opening night. That was kind of the expectation. We've made some adjustments to our rules. <laughs> All carnival workers are now required to shower. Is there any kind of schedule to that? No, they're just required to shower. We recommend taking a <laughs> shot of bleach. 
<laughs> Directly through the eyes, if possible. <laughs> um. So there's no news this week. Surprise. Is there really nope. nothing? I don't know. I didn't read because nothing's going to be worth talking about at this point. <laughs> Everything's closed. Well, it looks like more attractions in Japan are going to start opening in a few days. I mean, there, there there was a few news stories, and I would just say go listen to In the Loop to hear those news stories because we did our research. I, and I didn't read amusement to today, so I didn't bother finding anything. Because I'm sure there was some news, but also I'm not too concerned about covering it right now. No, we we got you got like 50 questions to ask me, and uh, I like to talk. Yeah, so yeah, we're gonna make up for it. Sorry, guys. In well, a so sense, really, what? Well, so I was gonna say Fuji Q opened. That's pretty crazy. Yeah, Fuji Q, Nagashima, um, the Happy Valley. That's parts. awesome. In Shanghai and Coco Key Water Park in New Jersey is closing, as if people know say where that is. Say it ain't so. They must have just got the memo. <laughs> I will not go. Um, yeah. Well, there we go. There's some news. Some more parks in Asia are reopened. That's great. Again, that should be a sign to everyone here. The more we all do now and as quick as possible, the sooner we can restore some kind of normalcy here. Yeah, hopefully. But it takes all of us, so do your part if you're listening to this. Stay in. Wash your hands. Social distance. Drink bleach. Listen to In the Loop. All of these things ultimately will help you. Um, We got a fun segment here. Ben, you ready for this one? Wait, what are we doing? The killer coaster of the week. And this week's killer coaster is Rock and Roller Coaster at Disney's Hollywood Studios. I figured you were qualified to talk about this one, Hyde. Yeah, I've been on it a few times down the block. Um, yeah, I mean, it's uh, I don't think it's killed anyone um, like on purpose. Well, not on purpose, but like I think it's been pre-existing health conditions. So we got that going for it. But uh I'm a big fan of Aerosmith, so I know I'm probably in the minority, but I hope they keep it as Aerosmith and uh, pretty good ride. I like how you can get different songs. A fun story I I I heard uh, back when I'm sure it's probably posted somewhere now too, uh, probably on Wikipedia. But um, when someone dies on the ride, and I think there's been a few people that have died on it, they actually rotate the license plates on the cars and change the songs on the cars from train to train so that way you for those like six fucks out there they can't be like well on the need to speed train that's where the kid died i want to go on that train 
or the train that plays love in an elevator. I want to go on that train because that. So anytime that happens, I, I hear that they switch the license plates on the back of the trains and the songs around for that reason. Wow, that's really interesting. I mean, they'd have the time because it's got to close for some sort of investigation. Yeah, uh, actually, I mean, usually there it's uh, not if it's pre-existing, it usually gets reopened probably within a, a, a day or so. If that it's usually a pretty quick turnaround. Well, it's probably not a super lengthy process to switch the stuff around like that. No, yeah. I mean, it probably takes the guy five minutes to unscrew it from one. So Yeah, I imagine like the state's clear on it. They're like, okay, you can touch the ride again. Disney like, all right, switch those trains around. Yep, yep. Call the ride crew back. Let's uh, get this fucking thing open. Yeah. Well, they also they also don't announce them dead on site. They like... Yeah, wait, they pronounce them... Put them in the ambulance, take them off site, and then they're dead. Yeah. Which is like really fucked up. Seriously, wow! Like, could you imagine? Could you imagine like being the parents and like Disney? There's like some Disney like official PR person with the fake smile, with like the corners of her mouth like taped open, with like that fake like you know voice. And then it's like, no, 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 your daughter, your daughter's not dead. Your daughter's not dead. And then the second they get off the property, it's like, all right, so I'm eleven oh two. So anytime um, someone uh, not dies, dies to you, but anytime there is uh, a somewhat serious or above injury at, at the Walt Disney World Resort, and I believe Universal files the same practice as well. I'm sure this is probably the same for most theme parks out there. Um, the theme parks have a team that gets there's You can sign up to be on it once you've been in management for a few years and you get paged and you go sit with the family at the hospital. So, um, I mean, it's for anything. I, I don't know. I can't remember offhand where the line is drawn on what is considered serious. But even stuff I believe, like if someone like tripped and fell and like the kid broke his uh, arm and it has to go to the hospital, get a cast, Disney will send someone with that family to the hospital to monitor the situation and make sure the family's taken care of. And also, you know, I'm sure there's legal reasons as well, but um, there's a, there's a whole team that um, is always on call for those reasons. Wow. That's amazing. The more, you know, I'm guessing a lot of it's just for legal reasons. Yeah. Oh, totally. Everyone wants to take advantage of Disney. Yeah. They're like, their whole purpose is to sit there and be like, okay, do whatever you can to talk them out of contacting a lawyer. <laughs> we have an instructional video to watch. <laughs> they have the room, they have the room like mic'd. Everything's bugged. <laughs> They're like, you got to go to our special hospital. Shit, it's Disney. They have like Buena Vista. There's like, a special hospital. <laughs> you just oh, don't yeah. know about it. It's like, why is there Mickey Mouse decorations in this room? Because Mickey wishes you a speedy recovery with no litigation. <laughs> yeah, speaking of Disney... um, I guess it's time for the Disney Minute. The Disney Minute. Nah, fuck that. Never mind. Never mind. Wow, that was quite the Disney Minute. 
It's canceled. Yeah, the Disney Minute is closed until further notice. We're keeping an eye on the situation, and we'll uh, let you know when things progress. Hey, so what was that whole um, that last park standing thing we were talking about last week with parks closing for Oh, yeah, players? KY Coaster Club on Instagram had... He had a last park standing competition where everyone could bet on what parks would uh, be open the longest. And I guess Fun Spot won, but now they're closed too. So good job, Ben. You picked a winner. Was that what, was that my guess? Yeah. Holy shit. All right. <laughs> no way. Right, Hyde? You were keeping my guess, track. Cause... Because Fun Spot does so much. I love Fun Spot, but they do so much weird shit over there. Um, so yeah, they're kind of like um, yeah. I like I really like the park for that reason. They're kind of like they kind of just do whatever the hell they want, and it's like definitely working for them. I've not been to Fun Spot, but I'm looking forward to when I can get to one. Yeah, I always joke that like. And there's no disrespect to them, uh, but I feel like they're probably the, like the nicest guys and maybe get taken advantage of a little bit. Like just in the standpoint, I, I feel like we could probably walk in there right now and be like, hey, we have this idea uh, in the loop Tiki bar at Fun Spot. You win, they're probably be like, yeah, sure, let's do it. Like there's so many things over the years. And I mean, I give them credit for that they try stuff, but there's so many things over the years where it's like, you'll walk in there and you'll see like a vendor set up, um, or like a, a ride there. And then like you go back three or four weeks later and the ride's gone or the vendor's gone. Uh, just like little things like that, where they're like, clearly people come to them and like, Hey, can we try this in your park? And they're like, sure. You got two weeks. See what happens. Doesn't Kentucky kingdom do stuff like that too? Not sure. I, I don't follow the Kentucky Kingdom that much, but uh, I mean, Kentucky Kingdom had that YouTube panelist event. Yeah, who knows if that's going to happen now? Oh no! Hey, I can't in the see loop Taylor did, in the loop. Didn't get act. invited to it, so I don't really give a shit. The like <laughs> the original theme park podcast and the original like theme park YouTube channel are one of them, and no invite. Yeah, and neither did your favorite yeah. coaster sucks, you motherfuckers. I don't know. I just want to know. I, I mean, it would be fun to sit in on that event just to see how, like, how, how it cringy would turn out. it is. Uh, not so much, like, not so much for the YouTubers themselves, but just the, the people pe- who yeah, show up. Yeah, the people up. who are there. Like, yeah, like the 14, 15 year old kids, and or even just kind of like the, you know, like the purple nurples and the, those types. I'm like, okay, yeah. so they got, they got, uh, Coaster Studios and Midway Mayhem. How come no Tim Tracker? Because <laughs> Tim Tracker Tim probably doesn't, doesn't know who the fuck Kentucky Kingdom is. And just not to mention, he's he's probably entered like that. Uh, he's probably gone from like a theme park YouTuber to Disney YouTuber to like now he's probably like lifestyle more just a general YouTuber to where yeah. he's too good for. The coaster community. And just to point out, uh, Midway Mayhem Dan got a start on uh, In the Loop. So, really? Yeah, he was within the loop. I, I, he might have done stuff before In the Loop, but he was, uh, I think he probably did, but he was on In the Loop for a while before uh, going his own way. Well, there you go, everybody. History lessons going down here. That's what we love here at Your Favorite Coaster Sucks. Yes, sir.
<laughs> just like the one we opened up the show with. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, okay. So one more thing about that panelist event. I love in the video, <laughs> like they made a video it, about the event. Is that fun spot? Think, <laughs> what was that? It's filmed at fun spot. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> Shit. But it was so funny. They made they made it, it's like this is a roller. This is an event by coaster enthusiasts for coaster enthusiasts. And where it was like the it's like this is the first ever true coaster enthusiast event put on by coaster enthusiasts. There's some weird wording, but it's like wouldn't technically the American coaster enthusiast be just that if it's put on? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, or you it's look not, at you know like the Pleasure Beach uh, Club in. Um, in the UK that does events all the time at uh, Blackpool pleasure beach. And you know, all there's, there's been events like this going on for years. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say like any enthusiast club has a stake that's ever held an event in a park has a stake to that. And yeah, like ACE probably has one of the first stakes to that claim of like the first ever coaster enthusiast event by coaster enthusiasts for coaster enthusiasts. Cause uh, the Keys to the Kingdom event is definitely a park event. Not saying those aren't for coaster enthusiasts or that there's not right. coaster enthusiasts working for the staff because clearly there are, but park sponsored well, events we all know the first... make them so they're not like by coaster enthusiasts, really. Well, you know, the first real coaster enthusiast event probably started in like a parking lot somewhere outside of Cincinnati. In 1978, where two dudes were getting no, high in a, in a Volkswagen. If you uh, if you read the uh, Road the Beast, if you read the uh, Incredible Scream Machine, I'm going to get super nerdy here. Um, but if you read the Incredible Scream Machine uh, book, um, the, the author talks about how back in like the 50s and 60s, there were actually like roller coaster fan clubs, and like it's really interesting that you know Ace, you know was like the official like birth of it in like what the mid seventies, late seventies there. But he talks about how, um, when he was, he's interviewing people from back in like, um, the fifties and sixties that they'd be like, Oh yeah, we had this group that we'd get together and we go to parks and we travel to other parks. And it was like, essentially that it was just that ACE was kind of like the mainstream thing, but just really interesting that like this shit's been going on for way longer than I think most people think. Oh Yeah. Man, that must be such. That must have been such a great time in the fifties and sixties to be a roller coaster enthusiast. Because imagine the excitement of like, yeah, we're gonna drive across the country and we've never seen pictures of this park, but we know there's a roller coaster or, there. Like even if like, and you hear all these like, and you hear like all these stories from other people, like, oh yeah, this ride is insane. Ride it in the back row, and you have no idea what you're there's expecting. There's a big asterisk then, on that one. It'd have been great as long as you were white. yeah that's true that's true there is there that's a side of the industry that most people don't talk about like chicago riverland having like diver you know different days for different races and stuff like that holy shit um you know so it's like uh but i mean even like chicago riverland at one point had like i think like seven or eight coasters like that's crazy for a park back then or could you imagine back in like the 20s or 30s when like every like 10 miles in like populated areas had parks. You know, you talk about like Detroit had three or four parks, Pittsburgh had three Mm -hmm. or four parks, you know, it's, you know, you know, then there Cleveland had a few, then there was Cedar point and then Toledo had a few. It's like 
shit. Like if you lived in Ohio, you could drive a half and you know two hours and go to fifteen parks almost. It's crazy. Yeah. There was like not regulations like there were now. So like literally the way the industry started, like, oh, look at this. It's a roller coaster. It actually works. It finishes its cycle. Well, congratulations. You just built a roller coaster. <laughs> yeah, and parks were uh, they were in, or machinery was in, usually inspected by the Department of Agriculture for the state, which is I mean, which makes a lot of sense. Like they have to inspect people's farm farm equipment, but it's like the closest thing. But still, it's like watching I mean, that Arrow documentary. They didn't have anyone with a degree, and like there's been some episodes yeah. of Defunctland recently talking about. Um, like how I forget, like Bradley and Kay got their start in California before Disneyland. It's just like some dude built mm-hmm. a coaster cause he owned a kitty park. So like you had that element of like, Oh yeah, I built a roller coaster. Well, congratulations. You now have a roller coaster. Not like, Oh, I built it in my backyard and no one can ride it cause I don't have insurance. It's like, no, I, Right. I have a a little land and there it is. It's a roller coaster. Three dollars to ride it or whatever. Maybe maybe with the power of like artificial intelligence and VR, we'll have like a fully immersive vintage theme park experiences. Soon enough. Eventually. Well, ye- We're, we gotta we gotta probably figure out how to do porn first, and then we'll get the. That'll roller be the ultimate theme park. <laughs> porn literally innovates everything it does so once there's once there's porn in a vr fully immersive vr setting then there'll be theme parks shortly thereafter that'll be the new social distancing theme park <laughs> and brothel gross <laughs> all right so uh holy shit Hyde, you've been quiet over there a little bit so i think yeah well- Let's uh let's get talking here. Yeah, I think we we hit, we hit we hit in this list 20 playing 20 questions. Yeah, I think it's time to ask you some interview questions. All right, let's do it. Ben, go ahead. You start us off. What's the worst roller coaster you've ever ridden? So, I have a bone to pick about this question uh because um I forget who was on a, a couple weeks ago. Um I believe it was on your podcast. It might have been the Trunk Riders, but someone was talking about Guterix at park asterix and they're like you know what everyone says guterix is the worst coaster ever but they're a bunch of pussies like it's really not that bad come on no it's a piece of shit and i'll tell you why some people might think that the ride was essentially redone like five or six years ago and apparently it's decent now but back in the day that ride was the biggest piece of shit in the entire world so guterix at park asterix by far is it so? What kind of rough is it? Is it, it just like bad transitions, yeah, or is it I mean, a rattle? So, you know, it's, it's like a Vacoma, Vacoma, you know, looper. And the, the best way to describe it, I remember I was on a TPR trip and we were walking up to the ride on like the bridge across the water that like goes like right underneath the not Cobra roll, but whatever Vacoma calls it. And you could just hear the banging of the train on the track of as it was going through these transitions, like it, it, it sounded like a wooden, you know, how like a wooden roller coaster, like the PTC trains, uh, like hunt for the track. And that's what makes them rough is they're, you know, as they're going around, they're trying to figure out where the track is. 
it felt like the trains here were doing the similar thing because you would just hear it go thud, thud, thud. And like you could just see where as he was going through the Cobra roll, like the train would just drop like as it was – you know, trying to figure out where the track was. So I'm trying to do it with my hands now, but you know, just like jaggedy going through stuff. It, it was just the transitions and the trains were not aligned. It, almost like if the, the side wheels on the car had extra like three inches of space and which just caused the trains just flop all over the place. Interesting. Yeah. Like I know that was an older, I know it's an older Vacoma. Yeah. It almost seems like they tried to, what? Yeah. They redid it all a couple of years, like oh. completely retracted. So. Which is interesting because, like, I've, I I always wondered like how you retrack a steel coaster like that when it's something that's very fixed and yeah. static. Yeah, I, I saw some some photo of it and like it was really weird. Like scaffolding was completely up because I think they they kept the what is the spine of the track. They just changed out the rails. Interesting. Oh, okay. Yeah, versus like the big one and Pleasure Beach has been slowly getting retracted, and that they're actually just you know, taking out a section of track, you know, just putting in a, a replacement for it. So it's like a one-to-one um, yeah. thing. But yeah, this is like, if you look at photos, it's actually pretty interesting. It's like uh complete, it's like when Disney does like uh work on the castle and, you know, the scaffolding is all up around it. That's how this looks um, because they kept the spine and the supports. They were just changing out like the rails. Okay. I mean, I've seen, I've seen Magnum with, the tra- or the rails off on the final bunny hills yeah in the off season so i'm okay i guess that makes a lot of sense i suppose it's not hard as hard as to do as it seems as far as like you know t- chunk taking out pieces of steel and re-welding it yeah but oh efteling that coaster the, co- the corkscrew at yeah, efteling yeah, yeah. was also retracted yeah that's true that like just that's a year right. ago right yeah, I heard Mindbender at Six Flags Over Georgia was getting retracked. Yeah, someone said that. I, I saw this post from like opening day, like the one weekend it was open, where someone's like, "Don't think Mindbender is going to open today. It's missing a whole section of track." Yeah, Goliath uh, from Ride This One had told me about that. So hey, hopefully that improves the ride. Yeah, the only the closest thing to Guderix would probably be Blue Hawk. Yeah, at, or Ninja at yeah. over Georgia, and I don't know what they did, but they worked magic on that thing. Holy shit, that's a good. Oh thing. yeah, it is so. Yeah, I'm was, like I, when people were telling me that, I'm like, oh, they're just busting my balls. There's no way this is good. And then I went on it. I'm like, holy shit, this is really good. Yeah, I think it still has the it still has like kind of the pothole roughness yeah, yeah. in the track, but it doesn't throw. I mean, the new restraints help a lot too. Oh, totally. Yeah. I think it's uh, like a mixture of like three or four different little tweaks they made that all kind of helped. Yeah. Out. Well, that's one I need to get on too. Shit. Although Ninja at St. Louis, I rode that a couple times this oh, past that's, year. That's got awful. Yeah, I thought it was pretty decent. I love that ride. <laughs> like, It sucks, but I yeah, love it. Yeah, it's not great, but it's it's not terrible. Certainly not as bad as your saying Gudrix was. Yeah. I enjoyed it. I don't know. I just, I like Ninja because of how tight those, a lot of the turns are. It's just really unique. Like it's a unique layout. Yeah. It's got some like really tight, forceful turns. I always like Ninja because growing up, one of the, like the first books I read about roller coasters, that was like one of like, you know, back in the day when a book would have like five photos total in it, that Ninja was one of the rides 
uh, and I mean, this was back in the early nineties. So Ninja is probably one of the hot shit rides back then, but I, I, like that was like one of the first like roller coasters I read about. So. Oh, for sure. I feel like I know a book you're talking about too. Yeah. It was like roller coasters of America or something like that. I think I know that one too. I think I checked it out from the library. It had like Viper at magic mountain on the cover. I think like so, super nineties yeah. graphic design. Yeah, I I have it probably upstairs. I'll have to find it after we're record, done recording. You're about our age, right? Yeah, yeah, early 30s. Okay, for sure, yeah. And you've been in, involved I, in the community for quite a while then. Yeah, that, that's what I like, like, like about you guys is um, – is you guys actually get it. Uh, I mean, it's great to see new people come in. I don't want to sound like a stereotypical, like, ah, you haven't been in the club long enough. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I started following the hobby back in the mid nineties. So, um, you know, and I, I think, you know, pretty casually, um, but more than just a GP kind of person, um, but really like, took off in the late nineties. So it's like, you know, all these like old school, when you guys are talking about like old school events and old school, you know, um, and like, you know, well, a couple of episodes, probably a month or two ago where you had the guy on who traded like videos. And I remember that, like where on the back of like Ace Magazine, it was like Rob LV and someone else. And like, you no one knew who these guys, like the, the way I knew about Rob Alvey before, you know, you started theme park reviews because him and like those, a couple other folks would say, Hey, send us 20 bucks and we'll send you a VHS tapes of a bunch of roller coasters. We used, we just went on and stuff like that, you know, and like there's something to be said for that. So that's why I, I like about you guys bringing that reminisce about those kind of old, old enthusiast times. Yeah. So we're, we're, you mean you don't want to just hear us talk about our top 10 roller coasters that are all just RMCs? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or what roller coasters should be RMC'd and, uh, and, or just like, you know, it's like, again, I, I'm, it's great when people are new to the hobby, but the, you know, when people are like, oh my gosh, like this or this, and you're like, oh no, actually, that, that used to happen 20 years ago. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, going off script a little bit. So you were involved in some forums then probably in the early 2000s? Yeah. I mean, so I, uh, I'll, I'll give you the condensed version real fast. I think I, um, I was on like wreck roller coaster in the late nineties. And then I went on to guide to the point cause I grew up in the Detroit area. So I was always Cedar point is kind of what got me into the hobby. Um, but actually fun story here. So, um, I, I always kind of like, uh, coasters, like I was saying, check books out of the library and stuff, um, was out and then got, then as I, as the internet started coming on in like the mid to late nineties there, got on rec roller coaster and then started going to, um, this guy's website who was covering like six flags or, or Jagga Lake at the time. Um, cause that was like the second closest part to me. So I followed his website followed a guide to the point which later become uh point buzz um and was posted on there all about when like the millennium force rumors and like oh man they're moving the train tracks and they're getting rid of this in frontier town we think this 300 foot roller coaster is coming um and then really found this other guy you know that that same guy who's doing the same thing for jaga lake like holy shit they're adding all these rides for jaga lake and that guy jaga lake website guy is actually michael graham from the gravity group so, um, I, I was following his website back in the day and, uh, there was a site called refreshing look for, uh, um, uh, for six flags. And I'm actually like 
coaster buzz sign up number like three or four, I think from back. Like I was just looking the other day cause you posted about the 20th anniversary. And I think uh, I signed up like three days after the site started. So that's kind of where my hangouts were. I never got into like um, some of like the West coaster or like some of like the, the East coaster, six flags, great adventure forms or whatever, just cause those parks were like to me millions of miles away. Oh, for sure. Well, we were both great America guys. So we were Sifcam world and TPR. I was on thrill network. Yeah. yeah. I remember like, you know, and man, thrill network went through so many different phases and then mm-hmm. I, I remember there used to be a rollercoaster.com and uh, I remember when Ultimate Roller Coaster was like hot shit. Oh, shit. Yeah. There was um, Ultimate Roller Coaster and also uh, Coaster Buzz used to yeah. be. Yeah, that used to be like. Because they had a big forum until about 2003. Yeah. I mean, that used to be a man. That's everyone yeah. would be in there talking and. Um, I mean, I always judge people by how long they've been in the hobby. Uh, this is my like judge point is like, if you remember when Screenscape used to just be one page, then you've been in the <laughs> hobby long. Like I remember it used to be a black site and one page. And I actually said, I always liked that better because that forced me to like, I used to just go on there to like hear about Cedar Point rumors. And when, you know, you have to scroll all the way down to get to Cedar Point, I had to scroll past like Adventureland or Arnold's Park and all these other places I didn't give two shits about. But like finally, I was like, oh, what are you doing there? And that's kind of what, you know, because Screamscape was one long page, it forced me to learn about these other parks. Yeah, I do remember that. I also remember um, there was a page about, I think it was like Knott's Berry Farm. Oh, no, no, no. It was... um. It was like joy rides. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Joy rides. Joy rides. And it, it, it was just photography, right? Yeah. It was yeah. just photos. Yeah. The guy was but like an was, airline pilot or something. He he. I remember he'd go to all kinds of random parks and post tons of photos. Yeah, because it was a lot of parks from the mid to late nineties into the early two thousands. It was kind of like all of his photos were pre forum yeah. days. Yep. Which is kind of cool because it was a. It was really like probably the best resource to see parks. Yeah. Um like photos of before Barbie. like Rob Ellie. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So yeah, it's always cool to talk to someone who's been doing this shit for you know, like half your life. Yeah. I know that that's what's crazy is you know, it's like uh you know, when you have these people on, like you had a couple of people on, they're like, Oh yeah, like uh, you know, I'm like sixteen, seventeen, eighteen or whatever, or even like uh, you know, uh, Taylor from Coaster Studios. He, he's a great guy, and I love hanging out with him. But when he's like, you know, just to think that like he was like, I don't even know if he was born when Millennium Force was announced. And like, I remember like talking to my friends and posting on websites when Millennium Force was announced. I'm like, holy shit, I'm fucking old, man. Yeah, and and it's also interesting to see how tastes of roller coasters change, uh, you know, with like newer generations because pretty much. If you're under like 21, you're kind of on that narrative of like, you know, all arrow coasters suck, all yeah. the comas suck, wooden, wooden coasters, coasters are suck. too rough. Yeah. Well, and that's a good it's point. Like, like and it, on the other end of the spectrum, I feel like if you're over the age of like 50 in the hobby, then anything that's not a wooden roller coaster blows. Like uh, for a, for a little bit of time when I was going to college in Ohio, I was the editor for the Great Ohio Coaster Club magazine. And this was in like the uh, the late 2000s when Cedar Point was 
um, excuse me, you know, Maverick. And, you know, this was like when Intamin was the powerhouse around the country. Um, and I remember I like people would be get so pissed. They're like, you put Maverick on the front cover of the streak magazine, like Conneaut Lake, man. Like they reopened this year that deserved front page news. I'm like, <laughs> their fucking blue streak doesn't deserve front. Sear points building a, a $30 million coaster here, guys. Like, come on. Yeah. But it was, there's that like segment of the population that um, I feel like that um, when we were coming up in it around like that 2000s era, the people that were, you know, 40 or 50 then and that are now in their like 50s or 60s or 70s, like they were like so traditionalist. I mean, that's why the Ace Coaster cl- uh, Classic Award, it was like, I think they amended it, but it used to be like, you know, if it doesn't have buzz bars, it can't count as a classic coaster, you know, because right. like they were just so old school on that. And to your point, now everything's so like, uh, man, Magnum sucks. Steel Vengeance for the win. And you're like, well, Steel Vengeance and Magnum have pretty much the same kind of airtime. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, and that's kind of the thing. Like, um, the, one of the reasons why I personally, don't visit parks as often to ride new stuff is that, and I really hate saying this because I just feel like a pretentious asshole, but I know it's partially true is like, I just, I'm, I'm finding myself less excited to ride new rides just because of how kind of computers have definitely changed the ride experience. So like, I think RMC coasters are awesome. They're a lot of fun, but I just feel like it's never going to be like Magnum, which is still my favorite ride. And I'm probably stuck in some like, old school bias that'll never change until I die. But yeah, no, totally. And, you know, um, and, and that's a, like, I, I, you know, it's really interesting. Cause like when we came up through the hobby, I'm sure you remember this too. Like I, when I went to my first coaster event, uh, I was like the youngest person there being like 14 or 15 by like 20 years. Like it was a bunch of like 40 year old dudes and now you mm-hmm. go to these events and it's like people of all ages. It probably skews like average age of like 20, 22, uh, which is great. Um, you know, it, it's great to see the hobby kind of shift like that. But it's also like uh, it's almost like the hobby's gotten too intense of like it used to be like nerdy, like intense. But now it's like ego bragging intense. Like I've been on more rides or I have this or I have this or I have a hot take and like, fuck you. You don't agree yeah. with my hot take, you know? Well, also just the people who have gotten a little too into the influencer culture. Yeah. Um, which I, I can't stand. Yeah. And that, you know, that, so it's like everything, everything's got to be on video. Everything's got to be like a collab. Everything's got to be, you know, yeah. And that's why I, there has to be something to show for everything you do. Yeah. That's why I really like, uh, and that's what kind of drew me to in the loop, um, in the first place and why I've always listened to them and got involved with it and all that stuff is because, you know, at, in the loop, we don't really give a shit about that. Like parks will approach us from every now and then. At, and we were like, man, we don't, that feels like sleazy. We don't want to do that. We don't really do media days. And, um, you know, just cause it's like, you know, we're not doing it to try to like kiss ass, you know? And I, I feel like there's so much out there that people are trying to kiss ass to the parks and, you know, trying yeah. to make that perfect content. And, you know, um, it's like, come on guys, like the parks are a company. You don't have to like be nice to them. Like if you don't like something, you call it as it is. 
Yeah, like I would love to see Tim Tracker have a post a video that's just like a giant rant about his day at Disney. Yeah. And like how pissed off he is at the park about something. But it, you never see it. No, no. Yeah. So and that's kind of the 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 kind of the sad thing now is, you know, um that's what a lot of the YouTube channels and podcasts are like going towards. It's like no guys like that right sucks like call it like it is like i i, I remember listening to a coaster radio episode and they had some guy on some like reporter or something and he was like uh, and mike and eb were like i and i don't even listen to coaster radio that much but it was like this one episode i heard where they're like yeah jimmy fallon that ride was garbage and the reporter who like you know uh, who clearly like breaks news for universal like no actually it's a really good ride i'm like no dude you just you want to keep your your contacts like you know yeah it's a really great addition for the park. Yeah, it's like that old guy. Remember, well, he's passed now, but Paul Rubin. <laughs> Paul Rubin. He passed? I didn't know that. I thought he passed. <laughs> Did they bury his banana with him? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> they just tie it like a, on a piece of fishing line, so it's like suspended. I mean, maybe he hasn't. Hey, if you're out there and you know Paul Rubin, let us know. <laughs> Has he passed? And if he's not, will he come on and be a guest on your favorite coaster sucks? We'd like to hear. Well, this just got awkward fast. would like to hear his top 10 list because like I was referencing before, every coaster he would talk about, it'd be like, oh, it's definitely a top 10 coaster. Yeah, yeah. Well, he was like a was he like an ace spokesperson or what was his role? He no, he was the editor, or still is maybe the editor of Park World Magazine. I'm pretty sure he's still alive, but he's the editor okay. of Park World Magazine. Okay. Apparently, he was a dick though in real life. That's weren't what, we just talking about that last week? That's what I, I've heard. I, I I don't know if he was a dick uh, to other people, but I've heard he was very difficult with the parks and when like demand special treatment. There was apparently some story about him at Accelerator Media Day where he like just tried to like bombard the the park was like I'm important, deal with me stuff. Or <gasps> Wait, was that the glasses strap incident? I don't know. Maybe I, 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 I mean, this man, we're going back like oh. 20 years here, but. Oh shit. Oh dude. I'm bringing, I'm getting, I'm like remembering this like really old school. I'm pretty sure there's a, okay. So there's a really high profile coaster person at, um, on accelerator media day. And like, apparently so on dragster, you're allowed to wear your glasses with a glasses strap, but on accelerator, it's like a zero taller. It's like a, you know, absolutely no loose articles, even glasses with a strap. And I thought I remember hearing people throwing a fit about it. So maybe maybe that wasn't it. But I know that was also a thing. Wouldn't surprise me. Okay, so update: Paul Rubin is alive. He's listed on the contact page. Man, this just got fucking weird, guys. Of Park World Magazine. So um, that might be weird, but I'm also gonna send him an invitation to come on the show. (laughs) <laughs> just just don't mention this episode come on out uh prove you're not dead <laughs> man hopefully our show's not like final destination <laughs> well we can re-air the episode <laughs> 
We can do a Mark Marin uh, and just re-air the ones and give it an intro where we pay tribute to someone. I don't know. Um, yeah, so, holy shit, this has gotten wildly off track, but that's okay. It's gone for the better. Speaking of the better, which parks has, has the best bathrooms? So this is easy. Hands down Disney. I mean, especially the restrooms they've remodeled are just like real nice, real nice. Um, and I mean, you're spoiled, like living here in Florida, um, going to Disney. And then like, you go up to like a fucking regional park where like the, the bathrooms don't even have like full walls, uh, you know, to the outside. So like the hot air is coming in, there's no air conditioning, you know, like, man, that, that sucks. So Disney by far. That's what Drew said when he was here. He said he got a button for first poop in the tangled bathroom. Yeah. (laughs) Doesn't surprise me. Doesn't surprise me. I still love that name tangled bathroom. (laughs) My, My girlfriend, Rianne walked over right when I was saying that. And she's a Disney person and she made the weirdest face. (laughs) It's the perfect moment. I don't know if she listens to the show, but I know for sure she probably won't now. <laughs> we should do an episode about the in- entire episode about the Tangled the bathroom. The Tangled Bathroom. We'll have to do it live from the Tangled Bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> no, we'll have to have a guest on who's been there. Maybe we'll ask Drew to come back on. He's experienced enough about it. I'm sure I'm sure he would. All right, well, Disney for the win. Yeah, that makes sense. They get the most visitors, so they're going to want to make those bathrooms magical. God. I I'm trying to remember um that was oh, oh that's right, that was Disneyland where we heard the guy giving birth. Oh Let's my god. Disney bathrooms. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was California Adventure. Yeah, some guy was like giving birth and we could hear him through the stall. And these were like legit grunts. Like this wasn't this wasn't like a a casual grunt. I mean, this was like this was on a mission. This was And we, we were and we were trying to pee <laughs> yeah. and like we just couldn't just because we were laughing. Good times. Yeah, it was us and our buddy, and we're all different urinals. And this dude is in a stall a couple, you know, probably 10, 12 feet over. And we just hear him like, (laughs) (laughs) poor guy, poor guy. And we're just like trying not to fucking lose it at the urinal. And we managed to. You know, wash our hands, get out, and just we die when we it, like the second we leave the bathroom, we just we're dying. Uh, good times. <laughs> so shit. Okay, speaking of Disney, an off off script question because I I'm, I'm not I don't know where. So where do you live, and what's your home park? So I uh, technically live in Orlando, Florida for two more days. Um, As the crow flies, I am probably three or four miles from Magic Kingdom, Um, but I don't have a Disney pass. I haven't been to Magic Kingdom in like three years. Um, So I'll probably say SeaWorld Orlando is my home park because, uh, or while I was living in Orlando, because it was the one I frequented the most. It was the... 
I feel like the qualification for a home park is the park that you you don't when you don't have to think about visiting. You're like you're just like, eh, you know what? I'm going to pop into this park today, uh, and that's what that was always the Sea World for me. Uh, I'd sometimes go on my lunch break or after work or uh, all kinds of shit like that. So Sea World Orlando for sure. All right, soon to be soon to be uh, uh, Six Flags over Georgia. So all right, do you have a Six Flags membership? I do Diamond Elite. There you go. I haven't been able to use it, fuckers. Uh, I was really, really bummed because um, I've been going to uh, flying to Dallas for work for a, a couple weeks in February. And I've only been to Six Flags Over Texas once like 10 years ago. So I've been really anxious to go back. And I like drove by the park, flew over the park each time I like was in town. I was like, God damn it. It's only open on weekends. I'm here Tuesday through Friday. And uh, I was excited because I was actually going to be in Dallas one of the weeks they were open for spring break. I was like, hell yeah. Like after work every day, I'm going to go in there and get some new Texan Giants rides and then fucking coronavirus. So that's my selfish rant about that. That's okay. We can all let it out a little bit. As long as we're doing our part to help prevent the spread, then it's it's perfectly okay to be disappointed with stuff for a little <laughs> bit, you know? Yeah, as um, long as you're not like some boomer on Facebook complaining about like service workers or grocery store employees or something. Yeah. Be like us. Complain about frivolous shit. Fun fact, though, all all rec legal states, excluding Nevada, has deemed marijuana an essential service or an essential whatever you call it, essential. Oh, well, it's good to know it's still an option here in Illinois then. Sorry, Hyde, Florida and Georgia are not on that list yet. Oh, oh well. Um. I'd try to send you some through the mail, but that ain't generally a good idea. No, no, definitely not. <laughs> but we'll send some... You And you just actually reminded me, fuck, I have to go take a drug test tomorrow. I, I, uh, not that I have anything to worry about, but I just remind, remember, oh shit, I have to actually do that tomorrow. I meant to do that today. Pee in the cup. Yep. Uh, well... It's always nerve-wracking. Even if you are fine, it's always nerve-wracking. So much pressure, you yeah. know. And this is actually for, like, it includes nicotine, too. And I'm like, well, fuck, like, hopefully, like, when I was at a concert, like, a month ago, a second I smoked didn't screw that. No, I think nicotine is, like, six hours. Yeah, I don't think nicotine sticks to it like that. THC is the only one that'll get you for a long, long term. Even then, you have to try really hard. Once I bought um, a 50-pack of test strips on Amazon, and I didn't smoke for three months. And so what I did was I like took a test twice a day when I started smoking to see how long it would take for me to fail. And I didn't fail, when it, I didn't fail till the eighth day. And then I smoked for every day for 30 days, and I tried to see how long it would take for me to pass. And it only took three days for me to pass. So it's not as uh, strict. It's not as like terrifying as people think it is. The more you know. There you go. 
So what's the worst uh, media day or enthusiast event or opening day experience you've had? Uh, I usually try not to go to enthusiast events. Um, I, I mean, back in the day, like, you know, that was the only way to get on like the new rides without having to wait in line. But now with like fast lanes and uh, platinum pass ERTs and all that nonsense, uh, and there's really no reason for me to go. Plus, uh, I don't like going to a park all day. I like going out, getting beers at like a local brewery. So like the thought of going to an enthusiast event from like 6 a.m. to midnight sounds dreadful to me personally. Um, what's the worst one? I, I don't know. I haven't had any really bad experiences. I think um, people who have bad times at media days just don't know and go in, don't know what to expect going in. Like media days aren't ERT. They're, uh, uh, they're like working days and you might get one ride or you might get 50. Um, i trying to think. I, I don't think I uh, had any really bad, bad ones um that's super diplomatic opening days i will say um opening days you know just generally suck uh um i've i've been to a i would say probably the worst was a year um you know obviously i was a big fan of cedar point growing up we'd go there all the time we'd go there every year for opening day several times a year whatnot and moved to Florida, didn't go for like a year. So I was super psyched to go back. My friend and I, who was also a huge fan, we drove up there for opening day. And the opening day, like usual, was just a complete shit show. You know, things weren't working, things were broke down. It was one of those things where it's like, all right, to drive back to Florida, we had to leave by like 6 or 7 p.m. So it's like when they're like, oh, this ride won't open like 5 o'clock. We're like, well, shit, we're not going to get to ride it now. Um, so that was that was pretty uh, that was pretty uh pretty big bummer so generally i try to stay away from opening days because of experiences like that it's just <laughs> shit show of like nothing working and no one knows what to do so that makes sense that's super diplomatic also for your answer but also i'd like to say uh can you announce right here that uh free rt will take place at a park that's open uh, so, I mean, that's probably the good thing is, uh, free RT, uh, may get back on the table because of this disaster, um, that's going on right now, because we reached out to a couple parks we were super interested in and the amount of money they wanted was just fucking ridiculous. So now, you know, with all those groups canceling and stuff, uh, it's like, we almost want to reach back out to them in a few weeks and be like, Hey, so could we do that event again? And, uh, maybe for like half the cost. So, um, who knows, who knows? It's one of those things where we don't like, I don't want to like speak for everyone here, but I think the general consensus is we don't want to force it and just make it just be some other like enthusiast event. Um, you know, cause like every club and every like event, every, everyone has like, you know, meetups, we want to do it like when it's something that we can do something cool and unique and, uh, um, you know, do free beer like we did last year or, and like have like Pittsburgh style food or, um, you know, just do stuff like that. So we have a couple ideas that are like, you know, if anything, I think it'd be more fun to do it at, you know, um, like say like uh, a FEC, like a random FEC, like adds uh, like a gravity group, group wooden roller coaster. I almost think it'd be more fun to do it there because then the park would let us do more and get away with more. And, um, you know, like in a perfect rule, we'd have like a keg in the station. Uh, I think that'd be like the goal. And, uh, you know, you, you're never going to get like a, a Six Flags to let you do that or a Cedar Fair Park. So it's like, okay, um, oh. I think we're just... 
another we're waiting park. for the, like the right park to speak to us about it. So, so I was going to say, if you want to be able to do that, I guarantee you could get that at uh lakeside though. That would be in Denver. <laughs> So, uh, you know, that, that'd be pretty fun, you know? And so I think that's kind of what like, we're looking for, like, you know, it's like, um, at first it was like, oh man, this year should be easy. There's a lot of big rides, but it's like all the big rides are at, like these big name parks and they're all, you know, it's like every enthusiast of a uh, club in the world is going to have an Orion event. Everyone's going to have like a, uh, you know, um, whatever Pantheon event, Iron Gwazi event. Right. So we're like. <laughs> you know, we don't want to just do another one like that. We want to find something, uh, something cool. Like, um, you know, could we, you know, like I said, find like, you know, if, um, well, Hey, if the timing is right, maybe you could be at that water park in South Dakota. That that we've, we've joked about that. Cause I think that park would be like a blast to, to work with. So that's the kind of stuff we're, that's the kind of stuff we're like looking for is like, uh, you know, I think it'd be more fun to do, you know, do an event there. Cause you guys know you like, you know, going back to like when, you know, ACE or whatever, you know, club you've been in holds an event at like a Cedar point versus when they hold an event at like a Waldemere or, you know, that's what made holiday world so famous, like amongst enthusiasts is right. like, cause they would just do, you know, all kinds of shit. Uh, um, so I think that's kind of our approach is, you know, yeah. So are you guys trying to stick to a specific region? or is it pretty no, open? No. Okay. It's pretty open. I uh, I think most of our listeners are kind of like East Coast-ish. Okay. So it probably but I mean, we don't really fucking care. Like it's more for us it's just uh, for us to get together. Uh but I will say our YouTube revenue has tanked uh uh in the month of March because of this virus because I guess no one's looking for uh theme park stuff right now. Oh, so shit. uh we might, we might not have money for it. But, so keep watching our YouTube videos, but well, um, um yeah. Yeah, I think uh, I think just like really, I think we'll know what park we want to have it at just by definition of like a park announcing a cool ride at a cool spot. We're like, all right, this looks like this will be a, a yeah. fun ass time. Well, I was gonna say if if it's like um you know if you're open to other things, like I would definitely try Lakeside. So when uh, I was living there for a year, few years, what they do is these like um they're like fundraiser events. And so the park allows people to come and you can, they can have like open liquor. So I went to this uh, fundraiser that was at a film society and it was unlimited liquor drinks. They had stations around the park and then you just got fucked up and rode everything in the park. They opened, that's am- they're open to like 1am. So that's amazing. That park is a lot of fun at le- night like that. Yeah. I, that's the kind of stuff we're looking for is, is crazy shit like that. So I know that's also like in, application thing right yeah yeah you know but i i think that it, the application was like for the first year we were kind of limited you know we want to kind of see i think it'll depend on like what the, there was one option there that would require like a minimum of like 100 people um because we were thinking about renting out the whole park so um so yeah i mean it, it'll, it'll depend it'll probably all i'll probably but you know maybe if you uh you know you decide to pimp us out on your uh on your podcast a few weeks in a row we can maybe pull some strings well shit at this point we've had you and drew on and kenny was on as kind a guest on, yeah. Yeah. but we couldn't air the episode because my audio wasn't there unfortunately mm-hmm. due to a technical error with zencaster at the time but you know 
Yeah, that's that's Kenny for you. We. <laughs> What's up, your favorite coaster sucks listeners? Taking a quick break from the show because fuck it, you're listening to a podcast. You love podcasts like we love podcasts, right, Ben? Yeah, and uh, you should. Wait, this is for making podcasts or listening to podcasts? <laughs> I, I, it's for listening to podcasts. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you love to listen to podcasts like this show. Okay, hold on. There's no way. We can't. But it's so authentic. <laughs> anyway, oh, download. We're selling out. So if you're interested in Stitcher, use our well, promo we're, code. We're already on Stitcher. So maybe for those of you who don't know, it's a podcast app. You can play podcasts through it. You might even be listening to podcast to this podcast on there right now. In which case, hey, check it out you can get yourself a free month of stitcher premium which has ad free episodes and maybe one time one day you'll find a ad free episode of this show up there but for right now we're here uh hawking stitcher so you can sign up over there and get a free month you go to stitcherpremium.com and use our promo code COASTER when you're checking out. It's only $4.99 a month. Ben, do you see the list of shows that they have available there ad-free? Wow, there's the Joe Rogan experience. Bro, have you ever done DMT? Oh, it's uh, it's amazing. <laughs> So yeah, if you want to learn about DMT, download or pay for Stitcher, and you can listen all about Joe Rogan's DMT experiences. Yeah, yeah, they got um, science rules with Bill Nye. I didn't know Bill Nye had a podcast. He should. Holy shit! Remember that show that he had that was awful? Well, it won't be that. It's his podcast. No, I'm sure it's fantastic. Complete, completely unpolitically biased. <laughs> Holy shit, this is a long ass ad. But not as long as the ads that you'll be able to listen to or not listen to on Stitcher because it's ad free. Yeah, yeah. Skip all of these bullshit ads by joining Stitcher Premium and signing up with Coaster. With promo code COASTER. And if you're a COASTER fan, if you're a COASTER fan, you don't know how to spell it. It's uh, C-O-A-S-T-R-R. (laughs) C-O-A-S-T-E-R. So please, go head on over to Stitcher. You'll be helping out the show. You'll be helping yourself out. Get rid of all the ads in the podcast. So, uh, 
and use promo code COASTER at checkout at stitcherpremium.com. Now back to the show. Your favorite coaster sucks. Uh, so what have we got in the like Longest I waited in line, uh, I think like three or four hours for Top Loop Dragster. It was like opening day or opening week, so it was worth it. That was normal for that time anyway. I know, yeah. I mean, and that's the funny thing too is I love when um, – you know, being in Florida here, all the theme park bloggers down here, like over the holidays, like, oh my God, Space Mountain has a two and a half hour wait or Avatar is at three hours. Holy shit. And, you know, they're all posting like screenshots of the app showing that. And I'm like three hours for like the signature ride. Like when Cedar Point opens a new ride, that's usually the case every day all summer long. Yeah. Like I grew up going to Cedar Point where you go to the park um, like I was, I got on a Twitter battle with some theme park blogger for uh, Hollywood Studios the other day because he posted and he's like, "Look, this ride's two hours. This ride's two hours. This ride's two hours. Nothing's under two hours. How are people even supposed to enjoy their visit?" I'm like, "Clearly, bro, you've never been to Cedar Point where any day, like back in like the 2000s, if you went between June 1st and like August 1st, every roller coaster had a two-hour white line minimum. You know?" Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, especially, yeah, I could see that, especially in like a Saturday in July. I mean, even three hours was not out of the ordinary. Yeah, three. No, no, not at all. So, totally. Yeah, another off script one. Cedar Point is your home park. You remember the, um, we were talking about it with Marcus from the Drunk Riders when he was on. And uh, you remember the hand stamps? The free ones? Oh, yeah, yeah, freeway. Yeah, of course, yeah. Those things were a bitch to get off, and then they, like, stamped over it once you used it. Um, Yeah, I remember you waited in line to get the stamp, and then you could get one on each hand. Uh, Yeah, and then before that, I don't know if you knew this, but Millennium Force, the first year, did, like, boarding groups-style thing where, like, like, starting in, like, mid-May, the lines were so long that – you showed up in the morning and you went and got a boarding group uh, a number. It was called Ticket to Ride. You got a boarding group uh, number distributed to you. And then from the hours of like uh, 10, 10 a.m. to like 6 p.m., the only people could, that could ride was boarding groups. And the boarding groups just let you get in like a two-hour line. Wait, what is what was that for? Uh, Millennium Force, opening year. Shit. That's you crazy. Know what? It lasted to like mid July. It originally was from like it was originally the entire time the park was open. But then people were bitching like, "Hey, I got to the park at noon. You're already out of boarding groups." And uh, so they they re they retooled it like mid July to be like it only went to like four o'clock. And then after like four o'clock, anyone could get in line. Okay. And then by like early August, they canned the system all together because they got a lot of heat for it. So it's like. That's why I'm saying like nowadays it's just funny when people are like, oh my God, Disney's crazy. Boring groups, like this is a new thing. I'm like, no, parks have been doing this for like 20 years. You know, that's so crazy you bring that up because I do remember that um, going, it was like my first visit to Cedar Point had to been had to be like the end of July opening year. But I remember we wrote it in the morning and then like after a certain time, I do remember we couldn't get in the line. Yeah, I have so, a photo of the, the the ticket somewhere. I'll have to find it. But yeah, it was like you you lined up in the morning to get the little like boarding pass, and it would tell you like come back during 
one to two o'clock or two to three or whatever like that. And then you still had to go wait in line for two or three hours. Yeah. Yeah. The line used to stretch all the way to like, like snake river falls. Yeah. 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 And like uh, they removed a lot of the queue, but like if you go to ride the ride, the final overbank, there's like a bunch, there's just a huge concrete area between that and like the train station. That all used to be cute. Yep, they, yep. they removed a lot of it. Um, I had, there's there, my parents used to have the picture, like a picture of me in that portion of the queue line was standing right underneath the right, last like turn. under the track. Yeah. It's just so funny that that's not queue anymore. No, I didn't yeah. think of that. Back when they used to have like DJs in the line, that was sweet. Yep. I remember the DJs in the line. My first visit to Cedar Point was 2002. But they yeah, still had the probably DJs last, in the line. I think so. I think they probably lasted like 05 or 06, somewhere right around then. See, okay, random question off script, not interview related. In general for us, since we're all the same age, like what do you think that whole experience of riding Millennium Force your first time in the first year or two is equivalent to like for 2020? Like if you're like 10 oh, years man. old or 9 years old, like I was, because I was just oh. thinking about, I was getting on nostalgic, like thinking about opening your yeah, money for. I mean, so, like, what is it? Like, you know, what would that be today? That, I mean, so it, it was funny. I was thinking about that a lot, like in the last like year or so, when like or two years ago, I guess now when Steel Vengeance opened, and everyone's like, "This is the most hyped ride ever!" Like, holy shit! And like it it felt hyped it felt like a big deal, but it didn't feel as big of a deal as Millennium Force. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Like, I think just the size of it and just there was nothing like it before, you know? Uh, so I would say like nowadays, I don't know. Like, I don't even know if like a, like a fury, like you could say it because a fury is essentially like, you know, technically a bigger version of intimidator, you mm-hmm. know, like you can, yeah, it's a different ride, but you know, you look to your left, you're like, Oh, fury to my right is just a bigger version of that. Right. Uh shit i don't know because um, or it might maybe it has to take something big like maybe it has to take like uh i don't know like that axis coaster or uh yeah maybe like a 500 foot raptor yeah i think it would have to be something like if because yeah, i well i think the thing with millennium force 2 is it it was one of the first big intamin coaster i mean they they built like the ride of steel and stuff but like Intamin really wasn't known for roller coasters at that point again. Um, and now like, you know, B&M, like if Orion was 350 feet, do you think people, do you think it, that would be the ride? I don't think so. You know, I think it, it would take something like uh, uh, some kind of like new manufacturer to come out and do something, some crazy shit yeah. that just takes the world by storm, you know? Yeah, I don't really know if there's a comparison either because, like, when they broke all those records then, they were only bullshitting, like, one. One, yeah. Everything else was... And Whereas, that's the thing is, like... Wait, which I one? Would, which was the bullshit one? Oh, I don't know. Uh, there was a there was a couple in there. There, I mean, there was, like, the most coaster track in any one park, oh. which I guess technically is true, but it's, like... Um, I mean, Millennium Force, most of those records were immediately broken a month and a half or two months later. Oh, yeah, that's right. They used first uh, cable lift hill system or something. System, yeah. (laughs) The thing is, that was probably also the start of like all those bullshit records. Oh, it totally was. And I mean, that all started with Cedar Point, too. 
Just like the term Giga. Right. Which they said was for the height when Millennium Force opened, as I'm sure you remember. Yep. Um, so what's the best kitty coaster you've been on? Uh, I'm going to have to agree with uh, Mr. Drew, the intern, on this one. I think he uses the the one in the Wisconsin Dells where uh, it's like a mini Phantom's Revenge where like it's not like on two stories at this arcade, but it's on like like a, a half story. So it's like it starts like uh, out in one area and then it drops down to like the lower part of the arcade that's maybe like 10 feet lower. So you got like this little like phantom's revenge kind of uh we always joke it's like the phantom's revenge of kitty's coasters because i think like you go up a hill you drop like 10 feet then you go up another hill and then you drop like 20 feet because you drop the distance going down this like long slope into the lower part of the arcade. oh uh the one at knuckleheads knuckleheads yeah, yeah knuckleheads yeah 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 oh that's right because it was built Stop. in like a it was like a movie theater i think yeah yeah so it was like going down the slope of the movie theater or yeah. something yeah, that ride's pretty fun. Yeah, just because it's uh, different. Yeah, that one in uh, that other one in Indiana that had the fucking tunnel and the airtime hill. Those two are pretty good. Yeah, that one was fun. Hmm, I'm trying to think if there's any other ones. Uh, that, that's the one that came to mind right off the bat, just because it was like so fucking weird and it's inside. For sure. Yeah, that's a fun one. Have you ever asked a ride operator out? Yeah, of course. I've dated a few. I mean, when I, when you were when you're on the Disney hey. College program, when you're on the Disney College program, that's the name of the game. I mean, that's what you live for. Uh, um, you either date the people on your own crew, or you uh, you spend uh, every day off you have trying to uh, uh, hit on chicks that you're like, okay, she, you know, that girl I rode the bus because like it's just so in like in you know you ride the you live in the same complex as these people and then you ride the bus together and then you work at the same parks so you're like oh man that that chick that was in my orientation uh who works on like whatever ride let's go let's go ride her ride and like say hi to her yeah. and shit like that like that's all you did on your days because like yep, yep. you were making you were making five like i was making five dollars an hour they they were allowed to pay under minimum wage most of that went to pay for my apartment so the only thing i you know only thing anyone did was use their free Disney passes and we just basically go be like, Hey, yeah, there's that chick that was in my orientation class. I want to go try to pick her up. And you just go keep saying hi to her on every day off you had. Yeah. It was so crazy. Like when you work at a park, how everyone, how approachable everyone is in a way, like you can literally talk to anybody in the park that works there and you have kind of like an immediate connection. Yeah. And it it was funny too, because like, I remember people telling me about their college program before I started like, Oh man, like you're, you're just, you're, yeah, you'll, you know, you'll definitely be dating people all the time or whatever. I'm like, I don't know. I'm not like a ladies man or anything like that. And I remember like literally day one, like I haven't even been there 24 hours, like the first morning coming back from orientation, this girl's on the bus. She's like, so like, I don't know, like, do you want to like go watch the fireworks at Epcot tonight? Like me and you, I was like, hell yeah let's do this you know <laughs> and, uh, and so i think like yeah you're right like it's it's just like common bond of uh and like common bond plus like mystique of like oh you work on that side of the park that must be so different than on the west side of the park where i work i want to hear all about it you know yeah, yeah. totally <laughs> 
I don't have a good story as Drew where he married a fucking ride operator. My wife's not a ride operator. Never worked at a park. Never would. Well, that's, that's all right. It's rare enough to get a yes as an answer to that one. So that's worthy of like an air horn itself, <laughs> which I'll have to make that too. Well, there was that guy, and I forget his name. Uh, I apologize to uh, said person, uh, you know, like a, a couple weeks ago, uh, the, uh, who was like, what, 15 or 16, and he was debating whether or not to work at Cedar Point. The answer is always yes. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. You know, I, like, that's the thing is, I, I never worked at Cedar Point, but I, I would say just working at a park, especially if you could go where you live in the dorms, like, you're going to get paid jack shit. You're going to work, like, fucking long hours outside it's awful, but it's the time of your life. You know, it's just so much fun. Yeah. And like, um, with that too, like with Cedar point and Disney, I have I didn't do Disney, but I always said that they're kind of yeah. different experiences, but yeah, Cedar points like, um, reminds me of like a shitty summer camp. It's yeah. It's like a really sleazy shitty summer camp. And that's kind of like the appeal of it. Whereas Disney is more of a, like, you know, feels more like col- I guess college. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing I liked about it is, like when you're in college, you know, like on a, like a Tuesday night, you'd be like, Hey guys, who who wants to go like out, you know, and do something tonight? And people are like, ah, I got homework tomorrow. The college program and essentially like Cedar point too, it's the same thing. You're living in dorms, but you have no responsibilities other than work. So like, once you punch out, it's not like, ah, uh, you know, gotta go back home and do homework. It's like, all right, punched out. What are we doing tonight guys? Yeah. Oh, that, that's as far as entertainment too. Like Disney, I feel like would be like if you went to college in a big city. Whereas the problem with where Cedar <laughs> Point, you're in a tiny town with nothing to do. Nothing to do. So all you have to do, you just do each other, literally and figure. And you drink <laughs> and you find creative ways yeah. to drink. Yeah. So let me ask you: Have you? Have you? I guess either of you guys ever been to Put in Bay? Yeah, yeah. I went uh, oh. twice my second season when I worked there. Put in Bay such a blast oh yeah and the funny thing is it's like it's it's uh it feel well maybe maybe this is just like a bias because i was like 20 but it kind of it's like probably like the most tropical feeling thing you can do kind of in the midwest oh totally and i was trying i i I went for the first time because growing up the whole time i went to cedar point i was not 21 so i've actually uh only went for the first time um a couple years ago but I was explaining that to my parents in Detroit, you know, they're big like Jimmy Buffett fans and like like Key West. I'm like, you guys need to go. This is like a Key West in the north. It's oh, yeah. crazy. It blows my mind how many coaster uh folks out there uh, who I forget. I was saw some like roller coaster um group uh like you know, uh maybe been like Ohio Valley coasters or something posted on on the on the feed, I was on the in the loop, and they're like, "Man, we're getting trashed tonight." See your point, and then we're going to get trashed at uh, downtown Sandusky bars. I was like, "You should just get on the boat and go to Put in Bay. That's such a better time." And like, oh yeah, what? What's Put in Bay? I'm like, holy shit! Like, if you're over 21 and go to Cedar Point, you need to finish listening to this podcast and then go look up Put in Bay. You have no excuse not to go there. Yeah, it's 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 worth it. It's definitely worth it, and yeah, it's you can do it in a day. I mean. It depends on how drunk you get when you come back, but yeah, I mean, definitely don't. You just gotta make sure you make your boat back. Yeah, yeah like don't drink and drive. Um, yeah, we we Ubered. Oh yeah, that's a good Sandusky Ubers are pretty cheap. So I Fuck haven't it. been to Put in Bay, but I've heard of it, and oh, now I want to go is, after hearing it that. It is 
it is a blast. It is just like down home Midwest tropical fun. And it's like very diverse in age too. It's not like it's just college people. It's not like it's just yeah. old people. Like it's kind of everybody, which is fun. that was the thing I was kind of surprised about. I was expecting it to be like frat party, like straight up. And I know there's there's like, like a couple bars that are kind of like that. But yeah, I mean, you walk into a bar and it's like college kids next to like their parents just throwing it back. Yeah. And everyone having a good time, live music in like every bar. It's it's a blast. Yeah, it's a good time. Oh, man, that's another nostalgic thing. Um, shit. Okay, so similar. So I'll just ask then if when you were working in the park, which people or which departments did you? What, I can't talk. What people and what departments did you try to go for, and what benefits oh, man, did I you mean, get out of it? Th- I mean, that was like. Uh, you know, that was one of the qualifications of why you would go after someone. You're like, Oh shit, she works at like space mountain. You mean I could, uh, I, I was going to say I could get backdoored on space mountain, but that sounds <laughs> so bad, but that is the term that's used at Disney. That, uh, that is the term when, you know, employees would let you walk up the exit. I was getting backdoored, but I, <laughs> that, that did not go the way according to plan. But, but yeah, I mean, that was like part of it. I mean, part of it was you always wanted to date someone that like, um, try to date someone who worked in a similar role than you so that like your hours would be similar. Like I would never go after like anyone at the hotels because they usually worked the morning shift. So like I try to go after people at the parks cause I'm like, okay, well then shit, like I know they're working late at night with me, you know? So, but yeah, I mean, of course like that, and that's like you said, you had this like bond amongst like coworkers and like, you know, friends and stuff. And that was, you just were always trying to build that friend circle of like, okay, do we know anyone who works on Everest? So we don't have to wait in line over there. Yep. <laughs> I don't know. All right, we should probably find someone, you know. I think like if as far as like thinking back, probably I had a and there's always like uh at least for me, I always had this friend that kind of already sort of had sex with everybody within the first week somehow, it seemed like. So like when we'd ever hang out in the <laughs> park, surprising. we'd be like, Oh shit, Gemini's at like an hour line and he's like, Wait a minute, I think I like fucked this girl who works on the platform. <laughs> Let me see if I know her name and then like pulls up her phone. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> so the funny thing is, like, you know, before I worked at before I worked at uh, Disney, um, I would hear stories like what you just said. I'd be like, "That there's no way, like that you're exaggerating. Like there's not people like that." And then you like worked there, so like anyone who's listening, like what you're saying is a hundred percent true. Like there are people that like just like hook up with every single person and like every single person hooks up with everyone else. Like it's so, you know, like a, a mess, like a messy yeah, sex party all summer. And, um, but yeah, I mean, I, like I said, like I, when, when I'm going to Disney, everyone's like, Oh yeah, everyone like, you know, and like literally like wasn't even there 24 hours. And like this girl's asking me out, you know, it's like, what the hell is this? Yeah, like um, I think the the best way you can describe it, or I guess the way I think about it is like it's sort of like four years of college, and you're trying to condense it in three months. So there's no yeah, there's no it. waiting, there's no downtime, there's no like you just are yeah. constantly just on like the next goal. It's just one task after another, essentially. Yeah. <laughs> well, and we were joking. Uh, I think we said this on the In the Loop podcast. I think we were joking beforehand that like the college program, you know, they kicked everyone out like a week or so ago now. And, um, most of those people started in 
late January, early February. So, you know, thinking back to like my college program, you, you know, your first week or two is spending training. Mm -hmm. So you barely see your roommates, you barely see your coworkers. So it's like, everyone there was probably just getting to that point. Like you said, where it's like, it's accelerated, like, all right, like, you know, Hey, let's, let's, let's hang out. And it's, it's not like a first date where you go to Starbucks and the next date you go to like dinner. It's like, Hey, like we're going to go on a date tonight. Like that's what it is. Yeah. And then all of a sudden their program ends, like the amount of people that must've been like hooking up that, like that Saturday, Sunday night when they announced the thing was ending. And like, that's part of the reason why they probably had to close Vista way because holy shit, that was going to be two weeks without any of them working and just sitting in those apartments doing nothing. They don't have cars. Right. They'd just be all hooking up with everyone. <laughs> yeah, well, like, there's got to be at least some people that are happy that they don't have to like talk to those people again. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure. But even like besides sex too, like just even like making friends and socializing, like there, oh, you just, there's just, yeah. Like you're never just so bored. easy alone doing nothing well yeah when you think about like an adult no, like I mean, man i didn't do shit all week after work i just sat around what the fuck am i doing <laughs> i know and that's the thing too like you, you were saying like um you know like with dating it accelerates everything because it's condensed into like three months it excuse me it's the same thing with like friendships too you guys know like being adults like it, you don't just like make friends overnight like there's that like person at work you talk to a little bit and then maybe like you, you go out to lunch with them, you know, after a month or two, and then maybe like a month or two later, they'll be like, Hey, you want to come over and watch the game this weekend, you know, as bros or something. But like, when you're there for like three months, it's like, you know, you, like literally you'd be like, you see someone who has like, you know, um, that had like a college program name tag on at Disney and you'd be like, Hey man, what's up? And they're like, Oh, where do you work? Oh, big thunder mountain. Cool. You want to come over? We're having a party tonight watching the Super Bowl. You want to come over? It's like, Okay, cool. You know, like no one gave a fuck. Like there was no barriers to entry or anything. Yeah, yeah. Fuck nostalgia. Yeah, man. Well, um, what's the most an annoying experience you've had with an employee? You can include when you were working in a park as well. <laughs> um, I don't know. I'm not trying to be diplomatic here. I'm just generally like a pretty like uh, laid back dude. Um, I think probably cause I worked in the parks and I, my entire career has been in hospitality dealing with people that, um, usually I'm pretty lenient on, uh, on, you know, shit going down. Um, trying to think, uh, um, uh, man, there, are, uh, some of the operations in Japan, like it wasn't like I was like yelling at an employee, but just like I wanted to, where it was like 10 minute dispatches, like at Fuji Q, you're just like, what the fuck is this? Come on guys, Jesus, get it together. You know, that's probably the most frustrating I've ever been with employees. And I didn't take it out on anyone, but man, I was like, right. I like go off on them just because it was like, guys, it does not take this long to dispatch a fucking train, especially when there's a two hour wait. Was it was like, is Japan more guest issues or is it just shitty employees? It's, they just like, it's just they uh it's a mixture of both like they are super serious about like safety so they like triple check everything and there's just like zero zero uh like efficiency which is weird because everything else in the country like bullet trains and everything else super efficient theme park employees are not on any uh not at any race for anything wow dang never, never thought about it so, or I never thought about that for Japan parks, but it seems like that's common. Yeah, it's weird. 
Do you have any Rob Alvey stories? Yeah, you know, uh, and um, I'm I swear I'm not trying to be diplomatic here, but uh I have nothing negative to say about the dude. I uh, I went on a couple I went on a couple of his uh tours. Um just like one small one day tour thing he did here in Florida once and an event T through here and then I did a tour of Europe with uh with TPR uh maybe like 7 or 8 years ago now and I had a blast. I mean, um you know, I don't get into much of the drama on the internet. Uh you know, he says what he wants. I think a lot of people, you know, take it too serious. Um, you know, I, I look at it this way. I think, you know, a lot of people are just jealous of the success he had. I mean, he makes a full-time career out riding roller coasters, which is pretty badass. Um, you know, and in person, he's, he's a he's a really nice guy. Uh, I will say um, going on a tour with him was the absolute best because um, when he goes, when he takes people to these parks, you know, around the world, he's already been to these parks like three or four times. And if he hasn't, he flies there before the trip and would like scout him out. So he knew what was good. So it was like, you know, I know people who went on uh, trips more recently to like parks in Europe or, or whatnot. And they'd be like, yeah, like the, the event planners had no idea what to do at this park or what to do. It's like, we'd be on the bus and Rob LV would be like, all right, like, when I came here three years ago, we did it this way. When I came here two years ago, we did it this way. I'd recommend you do it like this and, you know, this. And, um, you know, it, it was just a blast. Like I went on an ACE tour of Mexico, which was fun. Like there was nothing wrong with it. I, I had no problems with it. But, you know, just on the bus, it was just a bunch of people kind of like nerding out and talking. Whereas like on the bus, uh, the TPR bus, there'd be snacks passed back and forth the whole time. They were playing episodes like The Office uh, on the DVD player. It was just like a fucking blast. So um, I know he's starting to do tours again. I, I highly recommend it. And it's just one of those things where it's like, uh, you know, everyone, uh, you know, the internet makes everyone look a little different, but in person, uh, he's always been, a, always been a great guy to me and um, always had a blast on going on his events. For sure. Well, I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, I mean, I think overall, I've only heard positive things about the actual trips themselves. So yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I think he, uh, you know, he probably does kind of build up, up like a public image of him a certain way, and I think that rubs a lot of people the wrong way. But it's just like, you know, who does the internet, the the Twitter theme park world hate? They hate him. They hate the 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 guy who always posts all the rumors about disney even though he gets them right most of the time you know they hate uh you know a lot of people hate on uh, taylor from coaster studios it's like you know you see a trend it's uh it's all the people that are like kind of successful you know and i think a lot of people just get get jealous of that i definitely could see that being part of it but at the same time i guess like for from my opinion i've seen I just sort of easily write people off based on like a few bad experiences. Like if it's just like kind of what you're saying with Rob, like my opinion is that he's just really, really good at making himself look good. You know, there's a reason why he's had so much success with different parks. Yeah. So like, but it's his real self that when it sneaks out, that's when it's like, okay, you're. And I mean, I. Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing is like I know a lot of people who've got banned from TPR and stuff like that, but it's like. You know, uh, a lot of people, you know, I don't know. I, I think, he, you know, it's one of those things where it's like some people go in there, stir up trouble, and then they're like, come out, like, you kicked me out. It's like, well, you went in there to stir up trouble. Like, uh, you know, I actually, I, you know, I love going, I still read TPR almost daily. And 
uh, it's, you know, it's kind of interesting. We're talking about message boards, you know, Coaster Buzz, Thrill Network, all those things used to be huge and they died off. And Theme Park Review is really the only site with like active message boards, you know, uh, really active message boards. So semi-related question, in your experience, what park has the most overweight guests? Oh, uh, uh, probably Disney. Uh, I mean, I, at least just from the standpoint of like, it's, there's so many people on ECVs and stuff at Disney. Like, um, I don't know. That, that's the first thing that comes to mind, you know? That makes sense. Cause I think they just get the most visitors period. Yeah. Especially from across America. Well, I mean, isn't plus like from all the locals too, from what I hear, it's like people go there every day just to get food. Yeah. There's that guy. I, it was just funny. I was reading that article, the guy who visited like 1300 consecutive days in a row. <laughs> yeah. Fuck. My record was broken by coronavirus. <laughs> Shit. Well, technically that wouldn't count because if the park is closed, it's not a loss of a day consecutively. Yeah, his yeah. record still stands. I, at least I think that's what it was. I don't know. But, um, all right, what's the most overrated roller coaster? Fury 325, hands down. I kind of agree with that one. I don't, I don't mm-hmm. even mm-hmm. have mm-hmm. it. I don't even have it in my uh, like top ten. I don't, you know. No, me neither. Um, I I don't think it was ever in the top ten. Yeah, I, I mean, it's a it's a good ride. Don't get me wrong; it's not bad. Um, but it's it's funny because if it was built at Six Flags, everyone would be like, "It's a fucking parking lot coaster. This sucks," you know. But it's like Cedar Fair, they're like, "Oh, it's in the parking lot. It's fine." Um, but like I look at it and go. I don't think there's that much airtime on it. Like when people, you know, when I tell people I really like Millennium Force, they're like, there's no fucking airtime on that. I think there's just as much airtime on Millennium Force as there is on Fury. Um, and Fury, like you were looking into like the maintenance area in a parking lot the whole time. Like right. I don't, um, I don't think, the, and I don't think the layout's that inspiring. Yeah, the trouble clef is cool, but. See, um, yeah, you, no, I, I, have you ridden uh, Leviathan? Yeah, I like Leviathan better. Uh, so that's like the first time I've ever had anyone like have the same opinion. Because uh, so like to me, Leviathan actually felt like a giga coaster because oh, it was totally. super like, forceful. It was you know it was like short and to the point, but it was like super forceful. Yeah. Did what it did well. It had a lot of speed. And I rem- I don't know why, but I f- I just remember the Leviathan drop just being so much more crazy. Yeah, and no, it was like I just like the first drop on Leviathan just felt like the floor is falling out from underneath you. And I know like technically Fury is like essentially the exact same thing, so I don't know what's what's the difference. Plus Leviathan at the top, you look out, you see like Toronto and like straight out in front of you, and like yeah. uh, was that like Ontario. Um, but oh yeah, I, I would take Levi- Leviathan over Fury any day of the week. Um, yeah, like the first, I think the first overbank doesn't even feel like it's B and M. No, like, it, it's it feels feels like so stretched out. Like to your point, like Leviathan is basically. I feel like Leviathan is 
BNM designed a hyper coaster with a giga uh, hill on it, yeah. like giga first drop. So everything is taken at such speed and intensity versus uh, Fury. Everything's so big and drawn out. Like yeah, yeah. The, Fury, Fury was. I always, I always joke that I. It's like swishy. Uh, yeah, because the first yeah, drop like, is steeper, but it's the first drop doesn't have any pull. It's kind of like it's kind of like you get rotated face down and then you float on the way yeah. down. Whereas Leviathan yeah, is yeah. more of like an actual drop like, with airtime. Yeah, kick you in the ass like out of your seat. Yeah. Uh, and well, and that's the thing too is it just I yeah I, I like Leviathan and like even still I don't think Leviathan's like a top ten coaster, but um, you know anytime someone's like you know. It's just interesting because it's like, you know, these, you know, people are, would be like, uh, Leviathan or if you, excuse me, Fury's all about the speed, the speed, the speed. And you're like, uh, Millennium Force is about the speed. And like, Millennium Force sucks, man. It has no forces. It's like, it does essentially the same thing. It's speed, low to the ground turns. Like, mm-hmm. no, man, Fury's so much better. So I don't know. I, like I said, I don't think Fury's a bad ride. And I think part of it probably also was, I didn't get out there opening year until like the end of the season. So I had to listen to a whole year of people like, this is the greatest roller coaster ever. Holy shit. So like the bar was set super, super high. But even my wife who, um, who doesn't ride these things uh, regularly or doesn't do anything like coaster related. Um, when we got off Mako for the first time, she goes, wow, that's so much better than that Fury ride you took me on. <laughs> you know, And I agree with her. I'd take Mako over Fury any day of the week. Oh yeah, totally. I'd agree. Mako is like another surprising one. Yeah, like make between make like Mako and Leviathan. When you ride them and you're, and you're and like oh yeah, when you ride them for the first time, they don't feel like a typical B and M. It's like no, oh shit, like B and M can do crazy shit like this. Yeah, I think if uh, if Mako post the mid course. Uh, if those sails were just a little bit smaller and instead of doing like the swooshy thing over the water, if that was like, like if there was like three or four bunny hops that like had good airtime, that'd be a a top two or three roller coaster in the world, you know? Um, Cause it's damn, damn good up until that block break and that kind of pewters out. But yeah. yeah. Fucking B&M's. What's the, oh, speaking of, uh shit like that what about topper track how do you classify it oh man um i'll probably go with uh i mean i think anyone could probably make a good argument either way but i'll probably go with the uh the wood coaster argument here um i think it's you know if enough of the rides would uh because i look at it the inverse you know if uh if um i call it uh a steel coaster you know i don't know it's hard because you look at something like gemini or mine ride cedar point where it's like wood structure steel track you know but we always call that a steel coaster so but i'm, I'm sticking with wood I, I i think it's a wood coaster they they feel a little bit more wood coastery with like kind of changing every time you ride it and everything all right what about like uh the difference like, would you say that if like Outlaw Run versus Goliath at Great America? No, um, yeah, that's that's one. That one probably has the most steel, and that's got polyurethane. 
Yeah, hmm. that's that's a good point. Like, because that's that's like yeah. in, in my every time I argue it, I, I still think that Outlaw Run I can still consider that a wooden coaster because it has like the wood, wood ledgers everywhere. and it's got yeah. all wood supports. Well, at least as far as I know. Yeah, and it's like the steel I mean, wheels. It just makes it feel more like a wood coaster. Yeah, I mean, I or look at Zadra where the whole thing's wood, but it has the full steel track. Yeah. You know, uh, I don't know because like I think if. Uh, if you ask me, like uh, Voyage or uh, Lightning Rod, which one's a wooden roller coaster? It's like I'm going to pick uh, Voyage. Like that's just more pure wooden roller coaster. But uh, I don't know. I don't know. I guess it might be one of those questions that uh, in ten years will be a better answer. I mean, I guess Outlaw Run's been a- around for a while now, but just kind of see like, do they age kind of like wooden roller coasters? Do they need to be like upkept like wooden roller coasters you know i don't know right yeah that's interesting because you can't just pull topper track apart and like swap out the wood it seems like a lengthy process yeah because i i mean that's the thing is they talk about the the maintenance cost savings like oh you know you don't have to replace the track as often but man they probably don't talk about when you do you gotta get a fucking crane out there at least now like if (laughs) You know, if uh, the Voyage, if they want to replace a section of track out in the middle of the woods at the top of the hill, they bring a couple two by eights and a couple of hammers and nails and they can do that, you know, and not to bring a crane in to lift a piece of steel off of it. Well, RMC was being like Apple with planned obsolescence. (laughs) (laughs) Like, yeah, we have a job for our crew now and another job in 12 years. Well, they they stole that uh, thought from when they worked on building the... uh, building Colossus out there in Germany, I guess, because that ride, uh, you know, hybrid coaster there, and man, that thing shit the bed after, what, like 10, 15 years? I think it was quite a, I think it opened in what, 01, 02? 01 or so 2. Yeah, so probably like 18. Or yeah, 18 years? 18, shit. Seven, when did that close? 17, 18. I forget if it was 2017 or 2018, okay. but what what I what I told everyone, like the thing you need, kind of like a uh, coronavirus you know like china got it first and you're like okay you gotta pay attention we're going to get it at some point you gotta look and take that same kind of approach here and apply it to el toro and go shit like this was built using the exact same technology by the exact same company you gotta think that in two or three years el toro is going to be fucked oh i didn't even think of that so yeah el toro was 06 and Colossus yeah, was so like El Toro's 2001, like, 2002. Yeah, so it's I like think. three, four, five years or something like that, right around there. Like, so you know, I'm sure, I'm sure things did get better from you know design perspective and shit like that. But but Colossus just have, went down for what two years? Yeah, I think it was like like a year and three quarters or something because it closed like mid season and the full next year or something. Yeah, well, it's gonna be Six Flags doing it, so. <laughs> Yeah, who knows? Fuck. They watch. They actually try to like fix it themselves. So you see, like that really dark kind of like stained wood, and then you just see like random two by fours like jammed in there. <laughs> it gets really rough all of a sudden. <laughs> it becomes a real wooden roller coaster. They're like, ah, fuck it. We're just going. We're going to Home Depot buying some two by eights, throwing those on the top, and it gets better. They're like, they're like we went to every. <laughs> Home Depot in a 100-mile radius. <laughs> yeah. We rebuilt El Toro. Six Flags depletes Home Depot wooden, wooden inventory just before a hurricane. 
sure it sucks now, but hey, it's working. Yeah. The drop like sucks now and all the airtime is gone because they can't get the angles right. You're right. They probably just <laughs> trim every single hill. Well, it makes you think like, <laughs> you know, we were, we were talking about like, you know, uh, enthusiasts back in the day, but could you imagine like, like think about going back to like the twenties and thirties, like those rides used to have like crazy stuff. And then it was not out of the ordinary for like a coaster to like, yep, we're, we're just retracking it and uh reprofiling the hill. It's 30 feet shorter now, you know, or like even Colossus at like magic mountain, you know, you hear about people who went on an opening year and then like the next year, all the drops were like shortened and stuff. It's like, like that shit happens. Yeah. And I, I, you know, our generation hasn't really been exposed to that. I know that's kind of weird to say, but we haven't really had like a transformation so much for the worst in, in a while, but man, like, uh, that used to happen quite regularly that a kosher would be completely neutered. Yeah, I mean, like that's kind of what made roller coasters fun before really advanced computer technology was that yeah. you had like the imperfections of rides were what made them good. Like, which I can't say like good rides, but it sort of like made things a little more legendary in a way. Like, yeah, well, like every single Schwarzkopf, right? And like, because now, like when I want, like I was saying before about why I'm not as excited about brand new rides as much is because. When you ride them, you can feel like it's so well made. It's like so well built and so well designed that it's so deliberate and kind of, I don't know, it's like you're riding like a scripted experience that's very controlled. Yeah. Well, and I remember um, at some enthusiast event, they had like someone from Arrow talking. This was back in like the early 2000s. And they talked about like someone's like, why is Magnum like, like how it is? And they said, Magnum is the best accident we ever really made. Like they're like, you know, we didn't have computer. Like the reasons why those hills are so crazy is because they're like, if you ran that through a computer today, it would probably like error out on you and say, nope, this doesn't work. You know, yeah. like, you know, so for every Magnum you have, there's like shitty, you know, 10 shitty arrow coasters out there that, you know, didn't work well, like Dragonfire or something. But yeah, like every now and then you get a gem of like that or, you know, like a crazy hill on like one of these old style coasters that would just be like ejector style hill, you know. Yeah, because I mean, they didn't realize Magnum was going to have airtime. No, I mean, it didn't even have upstop wheels, yeah, you know, I, when it opened, it had upstop bars. You so know? what they basically what they were expecting was, you know, the final bunny hills on Gemini where it's. There's like kind of yeah. airtime, but it's more floater. I mean, that's basically yeah. what it was intended to be. And yeah, if you watch the, uh, uh, if you watch the original POV of the ride, you can hear the upstop bars. Oh yeah, it's like so destroying loud, destroying the, destroying the track on every here. You're like clink 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 clink. You know, like. Uh, which just blows my mind that they didn't have to retract the damn thing after like two months, like of those trains just destroying the track. Yeah. Know? I remember even like in some of the video footage, like the sound doesn't, the sounds like distorted through the camera, the microphone, cause it's just so yeah. loud. Yeah. <laughs> Back before, uh, man, I, I wish I could have rode Magnum open year before they reprofiled the third hill and the pull out down there. Like, man, Ooh. Which uh, which which one was 
the third hill as in the third before the pretzel the, yeah there was uh uh i think after the first year they modified the pull out of that um i guess it used to be a lot more steeper going down into it you could if you walk back there you can still see where the, it used to be but okay and the trims used to be at the top of the hill versus like as you were going down so like it would kind of be like the Mako effect where like you, the trims actually help give you better airtime. This is what people claim at least Versus now, like uh, the trims, you know, hit the front of the car while the back car is still coming down the hill. Yeah. Yeah. Huh? Interesting, man. That's going to be another ride. That's going to die probably soon. Unfortunately. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, I think Cedar point will keep it alive for as long as they can. Yeah, but I mean, like, even as long as they can, I, I don't know if, I don't know if I see it there in ten years. Yeah, if anything, I could see them doing like, because um, eventually it'll reach a point to where like, all right, this is so damaged that we have to we're, we have to basically replace everything, and if we replace it, we're never going to get the same experience out of it. So it's might as well just build a new a new ride. Yeah, I mean, I hope that I hope that when they do it, the layout, the location is so unique that I hope it would be kind of like a, a RMC style thing. Even if they ripped, the, you know, ripped down the whole ride, like at least keep the same uh, um, layout yeah. type thing of it, like an out of back to the water, you know? Yeah, totally. So, no, RMC could really fuck that layout, layout up in well, a good way. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it'd be dope if well, they st- kept the support structure and kind of modified it. And that's the thing. Like, it's too bad that um, there's no way to recreate kind of the the experience of the layout. Because if you have an RMC, like, it's never going to have that same kind of pacing. It'll go, like, so much quicker to yeah. where you can't take it. And that's actually just a tangent. Like, riding, um, uh, fuck iron rattler at fiesta texas where like you're going in and out of the quarry walls and stuff i almost felt like it went a little too fast to kind of like take that all in whereas on superman you can definitely feel like that whole you know how big that whole like quarry is and like actually the dropping off of it and stuff yeah i mean in a way like the iron excuse me the did you ride did you ride rattler before they closed that? no i didn't Okay, because it like you meandered up at the top for like felt like ten minutes, like on like a triple helix, but in a way that was kind of neat because you got to kind of take the whole damn thing in, you know, mm-hmm. um, versus just shoving you up there and taking. I mean, I love Iron Rattler, but um, yeah, I mean, I think that's the thing with RMCs is like, man, the pacing's great, but the pacing also can be like, I don't know, like I know some people are like, ah, oh, some RMCs peter out. Like I kind of like when a coaster hat, that's what I love about twisted classes. It's like balls in your, you know, balls to the wall. And then like, boom, lift it. Like you're like, okay, breathing room. And then like all over again, I kind of like that when there's actually pacing to a coaster. Yeah. And I think a lot of people, I, I think a lot of people think pacing means it has to be like, you know, 50 miles per hour the whole way through and never slide up. But I kind of like when there's that, like that moment of like, all right, check yourself. Let's, let's keep going. You yeah. know, like, Oh shit. We're, we're, we're only halfway. And like, um, you know, and it's kind of like, uh, going back to Magnum, you get that a little bit, like 
you do the pretzel and then you come out of the pretzel like, oh shit, it's it's about to get started now. <laughs> well, even, I mean, even just that second hill on Magnum, like that was, you can tell it was deliberately designed to be as high as possible. And so, so that you, way you can that like, time yeah, you had you taking the water. Yeah. Yeah. And it was kind of like you're diving down towards the water. So yeah. I like that. Whereas, you know, on Seal Vengeance, there's, I feel like, you know, it's still a great layout, but it's almost like you don't take in how, you don't even really take in like where you're going and what you're doing just because it's so quick. Yeah, no, totally. And, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I kind of like that where, uh, who knows if they, I'm sure they probably, cause they made it super tall that second hill, but same thing with like millennium force. I think they probably do the same thing there. They could have easily made that third hill going onto the Island, you know, 120 feet or 110 feet or something yeah. like that, where you just get this crazy pop of airtime, but going like, what is it like 189 or something stupid high like that? It does kind of slow down and you really just get to take that sweet view of like the rest of the park in and go, holy shit, this is a third hill and we're still fucking high up here. Yeah. And like when it's a hot day and you get strong floater over the whole thing, like that's when the whole, oh, that's when it's great. It's like, damn, this thing is so huge. I, I, I always tell is this when I tell people like Millennium Force is my uh, my like number one going back and forth with Steel Vengeance. People are always like, ah, that sucks, blah blah blah. Um, and part of it is you know being a fanboy and like I said, growing up on Millennium Force. Uh, but um, there was a Coaster Mania a couple of years, like maybe like seven eight years ago now when I went, and um, whatever the other rides were like broke down. So like millennium force was the ERT in the morning. I think they started at like six 30 in the morning and then it was like a 90 degree June day. And then because whatever ride was supposed to be in the night broke down, they kept millennium force open. So it ran really early from like six 30 in the morning to like one 30 at night or some shit like that. And let me tell you at like one o'clock after this thing, one o'clock in the morning after this thing was running for like, you know, what is that? Like 20 hours almost at that point i I was getting airtime on that thing where i didn't know hills even existed i feel like you know like (laughs) it was like ejector hills ejector airtime going over some of those uh, like those hills to and from the island it was it was crazy you know i love that ride that's my number one of all time so you don't have to tell me (laughs) i'm glad i'm glad i'm glad you agree i don't think i've been on like it's not a whose dick is bigger contest but i don't think i've been on as many coasters number wise as you but i think i'm like around 700 or something yeah i'm at like i'm at 461 right now yeah there we go yeah but yeah, but I mean, I think, you know, not to turn this into a Millennium Force love fest, but I'm okay with it. Uh, I, I think what it, you know, it still looks, you could tell me Millennium Force is like 500 feet tall and I would believe you. Like, it just looks so fucking intimidating the way it's designed. Like, it's being rail like, on the water. It's like almost like they, it's, it was like intentionally designed to look as futuristic as possible. Yeah, so it didn't like uh, didn't look dated fast because I think. Okay, let me ask you this, guys. Do you think Steel Vengeance would? I mean, it's a crazy ride, but do you think if they like built it like Guazi with like the lift, like the way Guazi's lift, like don't you think that would have just given it like such more of like a holy shit factor with the general public? But now it's just you know it still looks big, but it's still just like this giant wood structure with this track on top that you never really get that sense of like, 
you know, when you're up on the top of Millennium Force, you like look either way. It's like, shit, there's water down there. You look out, there's water. Like, you, there's nothing even nearby you. But when you're on Steel Vengeance, until you get to the last quarter of the hill, the lift, like there's track all around you. Mm-hmm. I guess so, but I kind of like that they kept the wood. Oh, I, I, I mean, yeah, it's sweet you go through it. I'm just saying it's not as intimidating, I don't think. Maybe they were just trying to... Uh, to appeal to i don't know like like annoying coaster people or annoying fanboys as much as possible because i i bet if they went for the steel structure like that everyone would have bitched somehow yeah that's true they wanted to try to keep it looking like a wood coaster probably well i remember when like goliath at great america was first announced ben you'll probably remember this they had an animation oh yeah full wood full wood right yeah yeah I thought that looked way cooler than it ended up looking. Oh, totally. Yeah. I mean, it looked like it was going to fall over any minute. Yeah, I thought that was way cooler, but, like, so I guess I like that about Steel Vengeance because it kind of, like, it makes, it gives it more of a wooden feel, even though, obviously, in the case of Steel Vengeance, no debate. That's a steel coaster. Yeah. Yeah. But either way, I kind of like that feel. But Millennium Force is its own thing, you know? Yeah, no, totally. But you're right. I guess you're right by the water on Steel Vengeance, too, and you don't really get that sense. No. I just watched the Millennium Force POV randomly, so. Nice. Yeah, you know, you know, I watched for the first time the other day, and like first time in probably like ten years, the the p uh, the, not the POV the the promo video with like the lady who's like, at the turn of the millennium, there were signs. I love that one. It's so oh, that is so hype. That is so hype because I, it showcases and like when we were talking. It literally showcases like two different cedar. Like it's like Cedar Point, old Cedar Point, but like right Cedar Point before they like graduated or before, you know whatever you want to call that like when they got stepped up to like the actual like next league of theme parks and yeah. it's all captured well, in that video i feel like because of how shitty it well, is but how great it is oh it's so good and you know we were talking earlier about is there ever been a ride that's like you know like today that's hyped as that like they fucking ran that that promo video in movie theaters i remember like seeing movies that spring and be like oh fuck like you know it'd be like you know coming soon this movie and then like all of a sudden this like do 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 and like the millennium force thing i was like oh shit i cannot wait to get to see your point this year right like you don't see that you don't go to the movie theater and see like iron Gwazi commercial you know yeah. it was just this epic thing but yeah to that point i feel like yeah cedar point like i don't know like in the mid 2000 maybe like 2010 2011 uh, i feel like graduated from kind of being like a regional park that still had a lot of quirks and like don't get me wrong the park has never looked better has more like the food quality has never been so good and all that shit, but it, it's kind of lost that like kind of rugged, like uh regional park vibe. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, I know Cedar points barely, or it's probably been a, like a destination park for a while, but I do remember um, like even back then in, in the year 2000, going to Cedar point, driving through the parking lot where it was like every, all 50 States you oh, could get in yeah. like within two rows of cars. It was like all 50 States. Yeah, everyone went there for it. Yeah. 
Well, shit. Speaking of gigas, is Orion a giga or is it not a giga? Oh, I mean, I could see the argument either way here. Uh, I would look at it and go, um, I think, it, you know, if you're playing by your own rules here, Cedar Fair, you look at it and go, Magnum is 205 feet, the drop's 194 feet, and you call that a hyper coaster. Um, because the and which therefore makes this is my my reasoning I've been thinking about. So therefore, as your point, I essentially created the term hyper coaster by saying the hill has to be so high. And now I know the drops. So I don't know. I I think uh, I don't think it's a truly a giga coaster. Uh, but hey, whatever makes them happy, calling it, uh, you know, whatever. Yeah, it's like. It's hard. It's too much work to argue that it's not. So it's like, fine. Yeah. Well, because you can go to the Apollo's chariot route and you're like, okay, fine. You know, Phantom's Revenge. Everyone consider that like a quote unquote hyper coaster. Fine. Whatever. You know, um, I forget who was so. on here who was like, oh, Millennium Force is 300 feet tall or 305. No, wait, it's 310. I'm sorry. It's 310, but the drop is 299. No, it, it was officially measured by Guinness that it's like 301, I believe. Wait, the height or the drop? The drop on Millennium Force is actually 301. 301. Okay. Yeah. Because it was originally announced it was 92 miles per hour, and then when Guinness came out and uh, it was like 93. That's why it's, they say 93 now, but their promo video says 92. What was Can the 93? You... But was that to combat with uh, Steel Steel Dragon? I think so. I'm sure there was some of that. Can well, you imagine the uh, lift and tape measure needed? <laughs> God damn. Well, well, oh shit! So I didn't. I never thought about the stats. Okay, so Steel Dragon has a three hundred and six foot drop and goes ninety five miles an hour. So Morgan was like, "Hey, you want us to like throw a couple feet on this to get beat the record?" <laughs> I mean, so Nagashima Spotland. I went there. It really feels like Cedar Point. Uh, like it. Like it does not shock me at all that the year after Steel Vengeance, they're like, "Fuck it, let's RMCR giant wooden roller coaster." Like. Um, that park does has so many similarities to Cedar Point. It's eerie, like it, it, like it really is. Like you know, I, I used to hear that, like you know, on TPR boards and stuff. Like oh, it's the Cedar Point of the the East or whatever. And I'm like, yeah, okay, like just because it's on water and it has a giant hyper, co- you know, giga coaster or whatever. But like the amount of things there that are so eerily similar is crazy. Like clearly they are the biggest Cedar Point fanboys and just want to like do whatever Cedar Point does. Right. And like I always heard Fuji Q is like Magic Mountain and Cedar Oh, 100%. Yeah. 100%, yeah. That's hilarious. Um looking forward to whenever I can visit Japan. Although those parks are reopened, so maybe at some point. Hey, flights are going to be stupid cheap here uh, soon, so who knows? Maybe we'll get out there sooner than later. So uh, do you have any buffet horror stories? Oh, man. Um, I'm trying to think on this one. Uh, this is the one that makes you think, all right. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, 
I feel like most, I don't want to sound like an ungrateful asshole here, but I feel like most of the time, you, you know what I hate when, uh, uh, it's going to make me sound like ungrateful asshole, but I hate when they bill, bill it as a, as a buffet and you only get to go pass through the line once. And I hate when you don't realize that you only get to pass through the line once until you're like halfway through the line. You're like, ah, fuck, I would have grabbed more of those, uh, those, uh, those, those ribs back there. If I knew this was my one shot at this thing, you know? So I don't know if my horror story is like, uh, I don't have anyone like, oh, someone was eating way too much food or shit like that. But I think it's just my personal, uh, like not realizing when it's a one-time buffet or when I find out it's a one-time buffet and it's just like, fuck man, like that, this, this, wait a minute. I, I don't get to go in the, you know, this multiple times. What the hell, you know? God, I know exactly what you're talking about. Cause it happens all the, like I'm visually picturing in my head, like, a time at like Coastermania when that happened. A time at like, I think it was like Hurlfest at King's Dominion when that happened. Where it's like you're like, all right, we're going to go get some food, and then like halfway through the line, we're like, remember one pass through the line. You're like, fuck. And it's always they always tell you that like right after you pass the dish, where you're like, I'll get one rib, and then you're like, I'll come back in more, and then like oh one time, you're like, fuck. <laughs> Yeah, especially if you're like a picky eater and you don't like shit on top of other shit. Yeah, or in my case, I'm a picky eater and I don't like other things. So it's like, I'll come back and then the rest of the buffet line is shit I don't want to eat. I'm like, well, fuck. Well, I can understand. I'm vegan. So it's like salad (laughs) with no dressing. Cool. (laughs) Yay. Um, So this, this question was posed was posed to us by Drew. And so we've integrated it as a full question onto the show. I think uh, cotton candy is clearly a snack. It's not a candy. It's it's a snack? Okay. It's a snack. It's not a candy. There's fair cases either way, so... Yeah. Yeah, I I think you can make a case, but... I think it's a it's a snack. It's something you snack on. What about funnel cakes or ice cream? What's your opinion of either? Those Well, I'm lactose intolerant, so I kinda one hand the amount of times I had ice cream in my life. Um I fucking love funnel cakes, but funnel cakes have nothing on elephant ears. Elephant ears are where the shit's at. Like that oh man, those ones in Frontier Town back at Cedar Point. We're like twice the size of the plate. Yep. Damn, those are good. Those are good. I think that's um, is that is that a Midwestern thing? Like, or is that all over? I, I don't yes. Know. So it, it is a Midwestern thing because I don't see elephant ears anywhere in the South, and I seem to remember. I remember remember weird shit here, but I seem to remember Coaster Radio one time they did like a live broadcast from Carowinds and they were talking to the food guy and the food guy said, Oh yeah, I came from, I think it was like Kings Island or Cedar Point. He's like, yeah. And like, we didn't have elven here. And it was really weird. And I talked to people and they said, yeah, we tried it once. It never worked. So, okay. Yeah. I mean, the only- I think it's a Midwest thing. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I've only ever seen them at like the Wisconsin state fair, the Minnesota state fair and Cedar Point. Yeah. It's like the only places yeah, I can I think of. Yeah. I've never had one. Those are pretty similar oh. to funnel cake, right? 
No, kind of. I mean, it's fried dough, but this is a lot thinner. So it'd be like, uh, it's like almost the thickness of like, I don't know, like it's super crumbly. Uh, they're just fucking delicious. Yeah, it's like more. It's like um, like thin, but it's not pastry either. I was gonna say it's like flaky pastry, no, I was, but it's not. I was pastry. gonna say it's oh, it's more like uh. It's thicker than like a potato chip, but it's like that kind of consistency where it's like super breakable and super thin, but it's not as thin, you know. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Whereas like uh, you know, like a funnel cake is like a batter that you you can't see through it. You could probably almost see through it. Elephant ear. It's kind of thin and flaky. So. Oh, all right. And where funnel cakes, I think usually have you know, like powder sugar and like chocolate on top. These are, you know, covered in butter and then topped with cinnamon and sugar. Oh, okay. Well, that sounds pretty good. It's fucking amazing. I would say it's kind of like, um, remember what did we have at Fiesta, Texas? I don't remember. We got went to the food place. Oh, beignets. oh okay. So it's not like that. No, like, have you ever had a beaver tail? Nope. No. Nope. Okay, it's kind of like a, it's like a, it's like a cousin of a beaver tail. Interesting. Well, I'm not really super up on my theme park foods, so <laughs> that was the best question you know we could think of. That was just a goofy question to end on before this last one. Like, what favorite mouse or? <laughs> <laughs> Which mouse do you prefer, the dead one or, or the Mickey one? I I could tell I could tell you I when I heard you pose this a few weeks ago to that poor soul who didn't know, uh, uh, and he was like, "Well, I like my mice alive. Like I don't know why you're it's dead mouse." And I lost. I laughed out loud at work. That was so fucking hilarious. Uh, I, I dead mouse is I has some sick jams, uh, but I'll probably go uh, Mickey Mouse because he built some badass theme parks. For sure, and I agree a hundred percent. I, I, uh, I enjoy Dead Mouse music, but I'll pick Mickey because the parks are better than the show or the music to me. Yep, yep. But it's a fun question, and yeah, uh, the worst part was just feeling so damn old. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, I never felt so old in my life when I heard that. Right, that doesn't seem like that long ago, right? No, not at all. Man, so yeah. Uh uh. Okay, well, whatever. Like Aaliyah said before she died, age ain't nothing but a number. <laughs> so <clears throat> Yeah. Um we like to wrap things up around here. By paying tribute to a dead ride. And since you're our guest this week, it's only fitting that you get to pick what ride we're paying tribute to. So Hyde, oh, take it uh, away. Now, I believe Drew talked about the Daniel Beach Hurricane, didn't he? Yes, and that was uh, I, that was a great ride. That was a fucking amazing ride. I was pissed when he when he said that because I was like, shit, he just stole my ride. Um Man, a dead ride. You can you can pick that one if you want. Right? Give me a second. We might if if not, we'll come back to that. No, I know the villain at Jago Lake. 
or Six Flags Ohio or Great Six Frogs World of Adventure, whatever the fuck you want to call it. That ride, uh, it went to shit really fast. So like if you talk to some people who didn't get to ride it into like uh, 05, 06, 07, they're like, oh, that's a piece of shit ride. But man, opening year, like that's still like I still like sometimes think like, oh, it probably is in my top 10 wooden coasters. It was just so fucking good. Like, you know, it was the same team that like designed Voyage. It's, you know, similar. It just doesn't have all the, you know, terrain. It's, but it's just this create uh uh it just had so much good airtime on it um that you know no one really talks about it but it's probably better you know you know we lost all these wooden roller coasters indiana beach silver comet um and stuff like that it's better than all that you know i i think it's probably better than a lot of the wooden roller coasters that have been built in the last 10 years um so a villain at six flags man that was a damn good ride Man, I hated that ride when I wrote it, and I wrote it a well, couple times. But see, I, I thought it was so good, but it was rough. But I loved the airtime. Yeah, it got it got rough. It got rough really fast. But I wrote it opening year, like June opening year, and it was so it was like still smooth as all hell. Like um, I remember, I wrote it like eighteen times that day or some shit like that. Um, but the airtime was so good. Yeah, it had that like weird non mid course mid-course straight section yeah yeah it's it, it had the the it was like model after like ghost rider where you went up and did that kind of like u-shaped curve with the tr- straight piece at the end but there was no brakes up there yeah well i mean definitely cheers for picking giaga lake because hell yeah man i i went to college in ohio like a couple miles from giaga lake uh um, so that was my quasi home park for a, for a brief period of time. That was a fun park. Yeah, it, it was. Uh, I don't think it would have lasted, you know, regardless. Um, but, you know, it, it, it was fun for what it was. No, I definitely think you're right. Unless they would have taken like the Stricker's Grove approach, but... Yeah, I mean, and it just didn't make business sense. Why would you compete with yourself down the road? You know, it makes more sense to spend money on Cedar Point than spread it between those two. Well, it's it's great that we were all able to visit and get on that ride, even though I yeah, thought I mean, it sucked. <laughs> but what was the first year you wrote it? 2006. Yeah, by then it was because I wrote it in 2000. And then I didn't, I, like I said, I wrote it like 18 times a day, was like blown away. I think I wrote it in 2001 again and really liked it still. And then I didn't probably write it again until like 05, I think. So it was a couple years. And I remember coming back going, oh shit, I can't wait to ride this, can't wait to ride this. And then I got on it and I was like, holy shit, what the fuck was that? Yeah, I was going to say, like, because I wrote it in a one and it was pretty awesome. But I, wasn't that ride too, um, oh, no, no, I'm thinking of something else. It had, it had the Gerslauer trains, right? Yeah, it yeah. had the Gerslauer trains. That that was that was a big negative on it. Did it open with PTCs? No, you're. I think you're thinking of Raging Wolf Bobs that had PTCs and then 
switched over to Gerslot because uh, Villain had three trains, I think. Okay. I think they they brought one of them over to Raging Wolf Bob's because Raging Wolf Bob's at some point got one of the Villain trains, if I remember right. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. I yeah, I'm, I haven't looked at pictures of this ride in a while. No, uh, yeah, it's so good. I think uh, was. I'm trying to remember if there's one or two uh, hills between the first drop and the turnaround. I think they're just one, but um, I want, is there a POV out there of it? I yeah, I was like, I always get sidetracked. I was just about to look for the same. Because I, I can, oh yeah, front seat POV. All right, let's see. Um, I'm vaguely, I'm not even looking it up, but I'm vaguely remembering it. As being semi Ghost Rider, like like oh. Ghost Rider and the Boss. Yes, I mean it, it definitely uh-huh. it definitely was the same kind of uh, very Ghost Rider vibes. Just sans the kind of the heel, like the second run of the ride didn't have the helixes Ghost Rider did. It just had uh, more airtime mills. Thought- so yeah, the first drop, the first drop, you go through the structure that was sweet. Then the like a giant ass hill. Tons of airtime. So David, the David Jealous guy, he has a... Yeah, know, that's what I'm watching perfect. right now. Yeah, I'm watching Dude, that. on this channel, yeah, he, there's two the videos jealous. on his channel that one were like, holy shit, this ride had Trick Track too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it had the Trick Track right after the... Uh, it's between the second hill and the, the first turnaround, right? Yeah. Like, you took that Trick Track hard. <laughs> Shit, there's a so there's two videos on his channel that I always like watching. One of it, one of them is where they ran Wild Thing at Valley Fair with no trim brakes during a coaster event. Oh shit! And it like went so fast that the brakes were sparking. <laughs> um, it, and then the other one was, I think it, I think it's this guy where they run Outlaw at um that Iowa park. Adventureland, yeah. Yeah, where they run it, they turn off the the brakes, and they have the train fly through the station at full speed, and then it does the pre-lift bunny hills like at like 35 oh, miles an yeah. hour. Oh, shit. I, I feel like, uh, okay, I know what you're talking about, because when, uh, when me and Drew uh, and Legend went to Adventureland, I think he was telling me about this video, because we were all looking at that pre-lift going, holy shit, this pre-lift is like fucking crazy. Yeah. Uh, and things like, oh yeah, there's this video where they let it fly through. Uh, see, that's what I miss. Like, I feel like that kind of shit never would have happened in this day and age. Well, that guy, but like back, yeah, well, back in the day, that they parks used to do that shit all the time. Yeah, I mean, like, well, the funny thing is that guy was trying to get fired. So uh, he, uh, like, I'm, apparently that was in the description of the video where like. Um, the guy like was trying to get fired, so he just let it run because and it costed like or it caused like seven years of damage. Because <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what, what's the ride called? Again? What's the ride called again? Uh, uh, I think Outlaw. Outlaw, yes, Outlaw, which I think has buzz bars, and it's actually a pretty fun ride. It does, yeah, it does, and because there's like some weird like um like lateral G's. Uh, yeah, I, I yeah, it's like cornball adventure. I type in outlaw adventure and before I even finish spelling Adventureland, the first thing it suggests is no breaks. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yes. Uh let's see. Is this, uh is this the video? Oh shit. <laughs> here it goes, here it goes. Oh my god. <laughs> 
Yeah, that's... This, this this looks sped up. Like it, it flies through here. It does does he actually show the video of it going through with outbreaks? Uh, uh, yeah, I just found it. I want to check this out. No breaks straight through station. Yeah. <clears throat> but you're watching it like it just this. Yeah, it's like barely making it through the course. Okay. Holy shit. It's whipping around this like part <laughs> near the midway. Um, okay. So no breaks. Oh, man. That tur- <laughs> this is the greatest video I've ever seen. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> that turn between the uh, the brake run and the station, just like, man. <laughs> so speaking of parks, don't do don't do this shit anymore. Well, like also a random yeah, thing. Have you ever seen the video of accelerator launching to a hundred miles an hour? I've heard about this. Yeah, but I don't think I've seen. That thing it I looks think- fake. Like it looks like a fake video. <laughs> like not good for the supports at all. I mean, I'm not an engineer. But- I I have it, it saved was this on my hard that- drive. I think. Was this before they added the brace, like that mid brace to the hill? Because remember, it didn't open with that brace in between the the hill. Yeah, it was without it. It was like it was before it opened to the public. They were testing it with the hundred miles per hour. That's crazy. I, I know. Like Cedar Points talked about how there's like a like a boost button for top of the dragster for testing, but. I remember when uh, Thrust Air two thousand came out and Hypersonic came out. Stan Chekis was talking about how he wanted to add a feature um, that could uh, purposely do a rollback, like so that, like for like for, for like events and stuff, he, he could like flip a switch and it would dial it up just the right amount to uh, to to cause rollbacks and stuff like that. I'm like, that is sweet. For which coaster? For like the hypersonic models. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, that'd be awesome. I bet Stan Chekets would be one of those people who he's just like, I mean, there's nothing to do in Utah. So just like come up with crazy yeah. ideas. They were probably all like, they probably all did crazy shit in the factory when they were inventing. Well, stuff. he's gotten fined by OSHA a few times. Cause there's like he, what he always did when he built uh, those, uh, um, those drop towers is he would always climb up to the top on top of the air, air airline beacon on the very top or whatever. Mm-hmm. And stand up on there without any harness, and OSHA would always find him for it. Oh shit! <laughs> That's why I always heard. Yeah, Dude, you should check out the wild, <laughs> the wild thing one, the wild thing video. The thing it just looks yeah. fake. It, it's so almost great. like if, I, I wish- if Wild Thing was like Phantom's Revenge. <laughs> Well, it's it's funny because it's like people are like, oh, you go to Hollywood Nights, man. They turn off the brakes on the voyage. It's like, no, that's not as uh, that's not as crazy as some of the stuff these parks used to do. Um, what's the video called? Like, I'm looking at Wild Thing. It's like ERS like, with like, no trim, no trim brakes. No trim. I found it. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh, 
Oh God. Well, that's like, I I've been on mean streak without the trims and it was actually a oh. decent ride. So he, so, okay. So in the video, it, he films a POV, but the brakes are on. Okay. So I got to get past for the POV. But then it shows a train coming into the station without, with like at full speed. Everyone's plugging their ears. <laughs> It looks like the trains could have crashed too. I love these title captions. Oh my god! Oh my god! That is hilarious. Jeez, this looks like such. It's like Magnum. Yeah. Yeah, and I think on one of the the last times I do it, you can see a spark come off of the brake fin. Now, okay, so let me ask you this. Is there any event out there, park or park that does these kind of things? Like, the only thing I can think of is a voyage with the trims, but that's not as exciting considering the fact that it used to be trimless for like the first 10 years. Which, wait, which coaster? Voyage. Oh, so yeah. it's like, is there, is there any parks out there that still do like, we're going to run something batshit crazy or in some kind of weird mode for uh, like a nerd event or something? Not that I know of. Have you ever, have you ever done I Mean was, Streak Trimless? Yeah, that was pretty good. I want to, like, you have to think there's some maintenance guy somewhere that turned off the brakes on the beast once. Like you have, like that, I want to see that, you know? Or if the beast ever bites the dust, the last train you just gotta un- unleash the beast. <laughs> Hashtag unleash the beast. Unleash the beast. And maybe not even. I'd be. I'd be okay with not even. You know. Okay, if you don't want to turn off the trims on the uh, the double helix, but just f- from the first drop to the second hit lift, no trims. Holy shit! Okay, so you, are you guys still watching this video? the it just ended the valley fair one what's up with the random one solid minute of clapping awkwardly with the employees just like standing like all right you guys just go home i think i think that's the that's the club going holy shit we owe you for doing this for us Yeah, I'm trying to think if I've ever, as an event like that, did something like that, but I don't think so. No, that seems way more like an old school thing. Like back when it was smaller groups of people, yeah. you know? Yeah, the, you're not going to have... Imagine like Tyler Baby attending like that, something like that, and then making a video about it and... It goes viral and shit like that. Yeah. Yeah, I think the influencer culture portion of it has kind of made that not a possibility anymore. Totally. Well, all right. Well, I got I got to wrap up here soon. I got I'm a hour ahead of you guys, and I got to still do a little bit of cleaning, get ready for the move here. So, what else we got on the list here? For sure. Well, I actually was just about to say, 
thanks for joining on side. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I always, uh, I always love talking coasters. Uh, like I said, my wife's not a big coaster person, so, uh, it's not like I could pull up that YouTube video and be like, holy shit, look at this break thing. She'd be like, what the fuck are you talking about? Don't show me that. <laughs> so, uh, so anytime you guys want to talk coasters, let me know. For sure. Well, it's been a pleasure to talk with you, man. Absolutely. Absolutely. And definitely go check out Hyde on the In The Loop podcast and uh, In The Loop YouTube page. And I know you're on Twitter at uh, Online, Online Hyde. Hyde. Yeah. That's at Online Hyde. So go check him out. Um, real quick, I want to send thanks, of course, to our patron, Patreon patron, patrons. Hey, patron. Uh, Logan N or that guy from Saskatchewan on Insta. What up, Canada? That's right. Um, so you're listening to a podcast right now. You're listening on some app. Help us out a bunch. Give us a five star rating and leave us a review. You can say whatever the hell you want. And as far as I know, nobody's <laughs> taken Ben up on his free T-shirt offer. <laughs> yeah fuck it's been like two months seriously well it won't get shipped now anyway but you know we'll get it to you when you can if you leave us a comment five stars leave us a review that tells us what year we met we've covered it several times in the show prove you're a great listener and leave one of those reviews though for us either way um, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr. You can email us at your favorite coaster sucks at gmail.com. Or you can call us up or text at 312-572-9552. Leave us a voicemail. We'll play it on the show. All that fun stuff. Um, thanks to you all for listening. Until next time, your, your favorite, favorite coaster, coaster, coaster sucks. sucks.